All right, we're starting. But my coffee, Hank, I get my coffee. First thing, very unprofessional. Very unprofessional. My God, I couldn't get the coffee under the broadcast time. It was very bad of me. I needed my coffee. It's a long day already. Long day. Get this shit going. Let's get this going. Now I got to turn off. And this off. There. There we go. Because Google doesn't give you an option. They've had live streaming technology for three years now. And for you to see the super chat, see you, you high knockers, who do we got here? We got Atham, Clary equals El Chaparito. El Chaparito, Atham. El Chaparito. And I'm not kidding. Let me, uh, maybe, oh, do I have it? Oh, I could do the share screen. Um, yeah, let me show you guys this because uh, John Steele was supposed to be on the show, but he said he's busy up till 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, which means he's up busy right till now. But let me show you the new motorcycle patch I got in the making. Now, how do I share my screen? Yeah, Here, screen share. Check this out. All right, just to let you know, it's going to get a little weird because that's how the screen share works. Where's my artwork? Is it here? Uh, there. Take a look at this. This is what I'm going to have done uh, for the back of my motorcycle patch. Uh, I already, you guys have seen the pinup of my original motorcycle jacket, which is the Red She Devil. Some of you have seen that. And I'm going to have this made. This originally came from <clears throat> Rocky Patel Cigars. Uh, obviously, you can see they're down on the bottom. This is Rocky Patel Cigars. And I'll give them a shout-out. I'm going to give them a plug because um, I asked them. I said, uh, hey, because I go to cigar lounges, I see Rocky Patel Cigars. I saw this banner. It says, Socialism Stinks, Cigars Doesn't. And I was like, oh, that's a cool, you know, that's probably one of the coolest pinup girls I've seen drawn, the style, uh, Americanism, thing like that. I'm like, I want that on the back of my motorcycle uh, jacket. Uh, and I said, hey, um, you know, I contacted RockyPatel.com. And their guy says, yeah, here's the image. I'm like, dude, that's so freaking cool. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to make money on it. I'm not going to sell it. I just think that's a really cool patch. And they didn't they didn't pull any of that dickheadery move. They didn't say like, oh, no, you got to pay us or you got to contact. They're like, yeah, here's the, here's the original image. It's poster size, obviously, because it's a poster when you want to buy it. And so now I'm going to convert that into um, into a motorcycle patch. In my coffee, and um, there was it, for once, for once, it went the way it should have. For once, it was like, Yeah, we'll do you a solid. And so, I'm very looking very forward to that. I'm gonna finish this off. So, getting back to Atham in the chat room, let's go back there. There we are. Um, Atham calls me El uh, Chaparito, <clears throat> and on the top, so the the up girl is going to be center just a circle center but at the top in that um that what is it atham what do they call that only you mexicans do it where you got the virgin mary praying in the back of a truck and that's that very ornate font like there's the picture of the virgin mary but you guys fucking have children out of wedlock anyway so i was that always confused me a little bit but then then there's like you know el bandito or rodriguez or something like that i want it to be el chaparito Right on the top of the shoulder, pinup girl right there, and then various individual patches 
as I populate the uh, new motorcycle jacket, the new motorcycle jacket. I got this one here. Oh, where did I? Oh, I hung it up. That's right. It's past the season. I retired it. But then I have my motorcycle jacket down in Vegas. That's got no patches. No patches. And um, I said, well, I'm going to get some patches. But the problem with getting your motorcycle jacket patched, if you have it done correctly, you get a very good tailor who specializes in, in leather work. And what they'll do, modern motorcycle jackets, they got a ton of shit going on. They got the lining. They have winter lining. Then they have armor pads, like you got basically shoulder pads, elbow pads, <clears throat> a spine pad. Those all have to be removed. And then they will sew in through the leather uh, patches. So I've easily, all the patchwork I've had done on my motorcycle jacket has probably easily ran me almost as much as the jacket. So the jacket was a $400 jacket, which is worth it which is definitely worth it. When you think, hey, spinal injury, uh, maybe I'll drop an extra 50 bucks, you know? Uh, so I got a new jacket down south. And um, what you want to do is get all the patches you want up front so they only disassemble your jacket once. They pull all the, the, the patches on, and then you get yourself a patched-up motorcycle jacket. The only thing, <clears throat> they have a problem. I have, I have somewhat of a moral problem. I don't know how much you guys pay attention to motorcycle jackets or vests, but uh, usually you got to ride out. Here's the etiquette. Here's the, here's the rules. You have to ride to the place you're going to get the patch. All right. The big issue is like Sturgis. You get your Sturgis and the year, like 2013. You went to the Sturgis motorcycle rally. Sturgis 2013. Well, you have better have ridden your motorcycle out there, not trailered it out. So for those of you who have met me in person, you've seen my motorcycle. Every patch I got on that, uh, I drove out there from the Twin Cities on my motorcycle and did it. So the Oatman, Arizona patch, the Dragon's Tail, Highway 129. I don't have a Sturgis patch, even though I've driven to Sturgis multiple times because it's overkill. And um, it's it's not what it used to be. Not even, even my damn thing. Back in the day, it was something. Now it's just a bunch of big, fat, white banker set go. It's a bunch of uh, bucket listers that go, hey, I'm going to go to Sturgis. And they trailer their bikes out. And they all got uh, they got nice, clean bikes. And there's 200 miles on the odometer. And what is it? Not GM. Harley Davidson has the luxury, luxury package. That if you break down, they'll send out a limo or a private jet to fly you back. You can stay at a five. You almost hope your vehicle breaks down. You almost hope. Uh, th then they, oh, I got my patch and, and there's no wind wear on the motorcycle, uh, jacket or vest. Um, there's, there's just no, nothing. It's like, it's brand new. It's all shiny. It's like, they just put brand new oil on their jacket. And then they're like, oh, I rode it in Sturgis. Like the fuck you did. You went up and down the block a couple times at three miles an hour. Cause there was so many prune titted baby boomer women without their shirt on. You couldn't go any faster. Hang on. This is not sitting right. This is all fucked up. Head, you know what? Let me go put this on this way. <laughs> there, it might be better. I'll put the head on. Fuck, just knock the damn. You know what? Fuck it. Fuck the head. Fuck it. Gotta get stitched. Gotta get comfy. Anyway, so I gotta get the camera right. Get my glorious face in there. So I gotta order this patch, get it sent in. I'm going to have it mailed down to Las Vegas. And then I'm going to the, the place to get your stitching done. I talked to the motorcycle guys at the shop down in Vegas. I say, where do you get, where do you get patchwork done? 
And they, they're like, ah, you got to go to bitchin' stitchin'. I'm like, bitchin' stitchin', huh? They're like, yeah, bitchin'. I'm like, gosh, I, I, I have to go now. You just got to see it. I got to see what bitchin' stitchin' is like. So I have a new jacket, a bunch of artistic, not a bunch, but just a handful of some of the key artistic patches. Uh, but then I think I may have to re-earn any of the other patches I get. Like if I drive down to Mexico, then I'll get the Mexican flag. If I drive down to, I don't know, drive out to British Columbia again or something. I don't know. The sickness. I go to the stomp in Canada, then I'll get the stomp patch. But you got to kind of earn them. And so I'm kind of, yeah, I'm like, well, I have every right to put all on these patches. I've been places before and just buy them on the internet and slap them on. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what most people do is they, they get it. They don't even go there. And then they buy the patch on the internet for three bucks and they slap it on. I'm like, oh, did you ride to Hyder? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, really? Which way'd you go? Uh, the North route. Then they little do they know there's only one way to go. Uh, anyway, so it is Asshole Consulting Live. <laughs> Chad, where's Chad in the chat room? They're like, hey, Chad, you want to come on? And you're like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, no, no. John will show up. John will show up. I'm like, I don't know. I got I got a feeling. I just got a feeling. And he did it. And so I'm I'm fully prepared. Uh super chats are available. I'm going to the chat. Already we got one. Let's go through it real quick before I go. I'll do one. I gotta do sponsors. I haven't done sponsors. I've been experimenting with uh having other people uh kind of guest asshole consulting. And uh, the good news is I've extended an invite to a couple more notable people, some internet celebrities. And so far, uh, I've got one response, and it was in the affirmative. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you who we're gonna have on. Not gonna tell you who. You all know him. You all love him. But I think we're gonna have internet celebrity asshole consulting, and um, that'll be kind of fun. I will, of course, answer your questions in the super chat or in the. Asshole consulting, either one, as long as there's money. Uh, but I was going to kind of prefer, I wanted to get one more try. This would be the third time we had uh, Elkins on. Then who did I have? We had Adam Piggott on, although I threw that on the older brother channel. I was going to have John Steele, but he's probably busy. Bacon Maldito, Mal any chance of Cappy versus the Scorpions round two? Uh, well, that's a, that's a, always a continuing battle. It's always a, but the scorpions, they, they never, they hibernate. It's wintertime. They're not fall. They look to, um, they look for a place to kind of lay down for the winter. Uh, so falls the time you got to get your defenses up and lay down the, the, uh, boric acid perimeter. You got to spray one last time. <clears throat> it's, it's a, it's a weekly I said weekly, uh, uh, certainly a monthly battle during summer because they're active at night. Then uh, it's a nightly battle. You got to go out, kill them, spray, you know, which, which is meditative. I won't lie. Kind of, kind of was my dauber was down when I found out there weren't any scorpions out in the back. I was kind of like, Oh, I even got to the point where like, uh, I was going to capitalize on them. I got a resin kit. Like you could, you could put them in resin. I get the long tongs and put them in resin. I was going to give them to my nieces and, I thought, and then there were none. There were none this last time. It was late fall I went. And so I was kind of like, oh, my adversaries. You know, it's like that episode in Batman where Batman fakes his death and the Joker gets all depressed because he has no adversary. There's no reason to live. 
It's kind of like that. I, I went back out this last time and there were no scorpions. Look at them all. We're not even in the house. They didn't have the decency to come in the house. Didn't have the decency to come in the house, which means I was only too good of a scorpion hunter. But spring, once it starts getting warm again in spring, um, not even late spring, mid-spring, once, once the rocks heat up enough, that's what they come out at night. They go doing their foraging. They look and they kill at night. Um, they're night stalkers. Uh, you know, kind of like East Indian students come over looking for Blanche. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. They, they stalk during the daytime. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. One of my best friends is East Indian. And yes, yes, that does prevent me from being racist against the East Indians. Um, but then they come out late spring and that's when you got to go back to time because they, they come out at night because the rocks still retain some heat. So you always find them on rocks, always find them on rocks. Very bad idea to go hiking and rock climbing at night in Vegas or Arizona. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. I know you guys all like, uh, I, oddly enough, we got a listener of all places in Iran. I'll say hello to him because he's, and he's, he's kind of an interesting fellow. He goes hiking and he says, oddly enough, I find your stories about scorpion hunting very interesting and meditative. Well, I hike in Iran. I'm like, holy shit. And then uh, other people say, yeah, the, the scorpion thing was really interesting. I'm like, are you kidding me? It was just the foremost thing on my mind. Um, but, uh, could you add time stamp stamps on the description? Fernando Covet. Uh, oh, like if I... Oh, in the description below, um, I could, I probably should. That's a good, good recommendation there, Fernando. Uh, I, uh, I have been kind of taking notes just when it is, uh, but I email people. So if you're the client, I email you, I say, Hey, your question comes in here at this time. So at a minimum, the client knows, but, uh, yeah, I suppose I could put that in for the audience. I gotta, I gotta write it down anyway, and it'd be a good thing to just jot it down. Um, but yeah, no, that's good. I will um I will have to do that. Uh let me go through the list. That's good to go. Yeah, I don't think John's coming in. All right, that's enough for that. Elkins said he'd come in, but he's busy working out. We all know Elkins doesn't work out. He runs. He doesn't lift the weight. He does, he does. I'm just busting his butt. He had to go look pretty. I say, hey, Chad, you want to be the back? I'm like, oh, I'm busy working out. I'm like, oh, oh, it's too busy being pretty, huh? Uh, let's go to this, and maybe someday someone will get in here. I do want to – oh, that's what I wanted to do. I want to get the advertisers out of the way. Okay, serious stuff, <clears throat> because without advertisers, the show don't go on, uh, and it's Christmas time, and basically we got to do all your shopping now to have it delivered, to, to wrap it up, to give it to people. Uh, you care about. So here's the sponsors and uh, I would very much appreciate it. They very much appreciate it. If their product and services were a benefit for you, that you would buy. We have the Pence principle. Actually, we have it right here. I got all these books here, including Randall's. The Pence principle, uh, all lessons, lessons all men must learn from Ford Cavanaugh. Great gift for any young man who has hit puberty or is about to hit puberty, you know, because sadly it has come to that point that when a boy turns 13, you have to tell him, hey, you know, anything you do now, 40 years from now, it might be construed as rape and uh, you'll be falsely accused of it. So um, <laughs> let's learn. Let's get you a body cam. How sad is that? Like on the, 
on Amazon, they do like a combination. You'll see this and next to it, you can get the Pence Principle plus a body cam for just $25.95. It's sadly coming to that. Overton's window is moving way too quickly. Yeah, I have my bedroom completely wired. There we are. Hey, are you around? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. We can have you have you join in. Uh, what else? Then we got the Great Emu War. Uh, this is also available on Amazon. Uh, it is a story about how the Australian government failed after declaring war on an emu as an invasive species in Australia, and it is a lesson, a parable, in how the state can do nothing. That's written by a blogger called The Quintessentialist. You can find him at thequintessentialist.blogspot.com. And he also has a, a Teespring site, like kind of like a, an etsy or site where he sells T-shirts and mugs. You can go teespring.com slash stores slash Evans. E-V-A-N-S, Evans, the name, dash author, as in the profession, not the name author, uh, but author, as in what does Aaron do? I guess he's an author. Uh, the promo code is Aaron. That's spelled A-A-R-O-N. Uh, that's good towards the end of the year. You get a 10% discount on all this stuff. We have Arrowhead watch boxes. Go to arrowheadwatchboxes.com. If you want to get a very nice watch box for anyone who happens to have watches and you want them stored, or jewelry. It also works as a very nice jewelry case. Makes mom and dad very happy for Christmas. Seth Himes outfit, indemandcareer.com. This is very serious. If you are looking for a job, check that out. Um, he has basically an online class that teaches you how to do digital marketing. And then uh, I've only heard successes. Um, this is not, hey, you too could be making 100000 No, this is if you're smart enough, you know you don't want to go to college, but you want to do something more than just general labor. And it's dirt cheap, right? It's dirt cheap. You can take his classes in demandcareer.com and learn digital marketing. And then uh, on the low end, I've heard people making 30000 part-time. On the high end, 80000 full-time. Uh, th- that guy has gotten people out of poverty. So check that out if you want to know what – hey, look, Christmas break. Uh, you guys are doing your final papers or your final exams and realizing, oh, my God, this college shit sucks, and I'm not going to get a job. Well, why don't you, over the course of your Christmas break – learn some digital marketing, and then cancel your classes for next semester. Go actually make some money. Ridge Wallet, RidgeWallet.com. I have it here. You can see this. It has that titanium burn. It is a very minimalistic um, wallet. You push it out like that. You put your credit cards. It's got some give. I'm trying to pull it open there. I can't. Well, it did work beforehand. Never mind. It's got a clip, money clip. CD, RFID proof. Go ahead, go to RidgeWallet.com. Get that for dad. <clears throat> Better than a tie. And then we take a wild guess of the next title of our sponsor here, John. Uh, got me, brother. I don't know. It's, it's a problem you and I have. I'm glad this book came out. It's called The Complications of a Large Penis. Uh, yeah, there, there are issues with it. There's issues with that. And I'm not joking. It is a book, uh, but even the author has admitted uh, it's a joke. It's a lark. It's something you put on the coffee table or at your bachelor pad bar. And then people say, oh, my God, what's that? So you could search. There's there's not that many other books with a similar title. But if you search on Amazon, The Complications of a Large Penis, you could find that. I think it is only available in paperback because I don't know why you would have it on Kindle. I don't even think there's anything in the book. I think it's just a cover. <laughs> and some pages. I don't think so. Let me check. Because uh, usually you can let's take a look at it. Usually there's a 
like you can review it or not review it. You can kind of view a couple pages. There's a picture dedicated to me. That's it. There's not there. There is nothing. There's nothing. There's no, it's all empty pages. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea, man. That's <laughs> Kind of like those books, The Successes of Communism. Have you ever seen those books? <laughs> yeah, or the other one, uh, Great Jewish Sports Legends. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so uh, you're like, oh, hey, wait, there's just nothing. And, and the, the, uh, the covers are very ornate, like Successes of Socialism or whatever it's called. And there's a picture of Marx and everything, and all the communist countries' flags. And, and you open, it's like just blank page after blank page after blank page. I, I'm envious because I wish I figured that one out because I probably would have made a lot of money for very little work. Oh, and then da, 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 Orionscoldfire.com. Check out Orionscoldfire.com for uh, some writing and political commentary. But more importantly, when you're done and you're sick and tired of politics, uh, go to that site because he's also a photographer and he has some very nice pictures up. He adventures across the country like me. And unlike me, taking like, yeah, here's your fucking picture, you assholes. Yeah, I did climb the mountain. He actually has a real camera and a tripod, and it's very professional, and the pictures are a lot nicer than mine. Uh, so you can go to orionscoldfire.com. Another book out, Obama is Afraid of Cheryl Atkinson. You could find that on amazon.com as well. That is a, a reference book is really what it is. Um where he documents all of Barack Obama's, you could say illegal activities or where he just violated the constitution or stuff that politicians shouldn't do. It's not a terribly exciting book, but it is a good documentation book. So if everyone ever says, oh, yeah, what did Obama do? Name one thing and like plop, here's a book. Well, where would you like me to start? And it's there. Uh, academiccomposition.com. Speaking of uh, avoiding college, if you're in college right now and it's uh uh, final season, and you got to write an article or an article, a paper on why white people suck or why capitalism is evil or why the transgressional uh, uh, transsexuality of uh, intersectional dynamics of feminist poetry uh, should give you more money. Uh, if you don't want to write that, why don't you hire Alex and his team of writing staff at academiccomposition.com? They will write all your college papers for you. And if you're looking to make a little bit of scratch, why don't you go work for Academic Composition? Go to academiccomposition.com. Alex is always looking to hire writers and marketers, uh, neither of which is very exciting, but it pays, and you can do it in your pajamas while drinking coffee from the comforts of your own home. And then finally, if you are looking to get gold or silver, which makes a great Christmas gift, by the way. That's a great Christmas gift, especially for little nieces and nephews. You give them a silver dollar. They think it's a billion dollars because you're the greatest uncle in the world. Uh, call up my buddy Mike at 763-657-7843. That's 763-657-7843. Mike will deliver silver and or gold insured across the country. Or you just go mngoldbuyer.com. That's the abbreviation for Minnesota, goldbuyer.com. And that's it. That's all the sponsors. How you doing, John? I'm doing well. I've been, been, uh, been busy the last couple of weeks, but I'm doing, not complaining about it. I'm enjoying it. Good. You getting work in, or is it fun stuff? Uh, it's, it's work, but it's, um, you know, that good feeling when you're accomplishing stuff, you know? Mm. No. No, I, uh, I'm finally – this is the final round of asshole consulting questions I've had. Well, you know how it goes. It, it, everybody sees 
the final product, no one sees the behind the, the scenes making of or setting up this or setting up that or driving or getting equipment and all that. And I'm finally going to be caught up with asshole consulting bar two unique requests that I have that I kind of got to basically do on my own, but I've been launching all these new testing and new projects and new uh, products. And now they're finally cured and culminated and I can put them online. Uh, so we're kind of good to go and things will kind of get back to normal. Are you like, is it seasonal work that you're doing or what? Um, well, kind of year end stuff. And I'm, uh, project managing a, a retrofit of a large multifamily building. So, Oh, good Lord. That's serious. Yeah. You could actually, I'm glad you have that experience. I got a question along that lines. Are you ready to do celebrity guest asshole consulting? I am. Okay, cool. <laughs> Fuck the audience. You. <laughs> this is just so Aaron can save time podcasting. That's what this is. I, hello, Aaron. Keep me anonymous. Return customer here. My goal by next year is to live the digital nomad lifestyle. I'm a 30-year-old male working remotely as a software developer for a medium-sized company. I've been employed at the company for a few months and have received positive feedback from my manager. My manager said he doesn't care where I live as long as I get my work done, but I'm not sure if this applies internationally. One problem I can imagine is the drastic time zone differences in European and Asian countries, but I'd be willing to work it out somehow to attend company meetings on time. Because of this reason, I feel that it would be a good idea to start nomading in various North American cities until I feel comfortable working in different time zones. I could use my family's house in Texas as a home base. Since I don't pay rent there, can store my belongings, and won't pay state income tax while traveling. And so far, it sounds good to me. I can't see any problems with it. Uh, how can I convince my employer to work remotely outside the U.S.? What could I do to better prepare myself for digital nomadism? How much money should I save before making the leap? Also, are there any challenges I would face dating foreign women if I'm spending up to three months in one country or however long I could stay as a tourist? For some reason, I had far more success in dating foreign women than American women. It would be a dream to find a nice, traditional, non-feminist girlfriend like a big-ass Latina or a slim, petite Asian. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Why are you going after big-ass Latinas, but then you want a slim, petite Asian? Well, because they don't make slim, petite uh, Latinas. Well, but then why does he want a big ass Latina? I mean, I I know it's the only there's small ass Latinas. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess he's just kind of playing into the stereotypes, you know. Basically, you know, uh, they got that base, uh, Latinas, and then you got the uh, Asian women. They kind of got the less Rubenesque uh, the, figure. They basically got an intersection of like is what Asian chicks have. There really is no ass. It's like this intersection, it's like <laughs> point of singularity. It has no actual physical mass or volume. It's like a black hole. It's just very, very tight and dense. I'm not. I'm not into the uh, the Asian uh, Asian women myself. I think a lot of black guys dig Asian chicks. You think so? Yeah. Well, I. I that's what I. I remember watching that film Gran Torino with uh, Clint Eastwood, and yeah, uh, there was a scene where the black guys are hitting on the the you know very crudely hitting on the Asian girl, and she goes, "Oh, gee, another Afro with an Asian fetish. What a surprise!" <laughs> I don't know. I. Maybe I haven't really paid attention. Uh, I I mean you gotta you gotta suss out all what the media is telling us because mm, you know, if you yeah. if you watch the media or whatever, it's like every black guy is drilling a white blonde, and uh, there are no same sex or not same sex. There are no same race couples anymore. Everything's interracial. I mean, if you go to Target, there's not a white white couple. It's always mixed race of some kind. The children are all mixed race. So I I don't know if that. 
if that's true. No, the left-handed people, obviously. I actually saw a video on that. Uh, the left-handed people are behind that. So The left-handed people? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they're called now. Oh, the left-handed people. Well, they yeah. lean to the left. Um, either is fine by me. I hit the gym hard and take care of myself with rigorous routine and balanced diet. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Regards. And we won't mention his name. Um, let's take these one at a time. Well, I asked him a question here. Um, I said, well, here's a simple question. Did you ask your boss if you can work overseas? And then he responded, no, I have not asked my boss if I can work overseas. I feel that I need to gain more experience at the company before working overseas. I was like, oh, okay, because I was thinking that may be the quick solution. Yeah, because uh, if it's a firm no, then, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, then you don't have to pay this asshole $35 to answer this one question. Um, um, well, I think that, I mean, if he's going to be doing the digital nomad thing in the U.S., I don't see why an employer would have an objection with it. Um, that, you know, that if you're getting your work done, usually they don't care. Yeah, it sounds more like a policy issue. To uh, like your boss says, as long as you get your work done, he doesn't care where you're working. So that would I would indicate that would indicate to me that means anywhere in the world. Um, and how? Here's another thing: How is he going to tell? Like, if you're working from home, how does he know you're at home versus <laughs> Paris, France? Wait, no, seriously, how to? Unless he's going to like an IP traceback or something, or or have some hacker ping your your IP or you, Hey, wait a minute. Look, you know, in the details, when you send an email, this came from Brazil. What's he doing there? Well, fuck that shit. I, I don't think what I'm trying to say is I don't think he should fear asking his boss. Like, so I can work from anywhere. Like if I went to Paris and I stayed up, you wouldn't, you know, as long as the work gets done and I'm meet, making meetings, you don't care. He sounds like the guy that would agree to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't see why this is an issue. I know more and more people are doing it. I actually have a, a neighbor of mine that does 90% of his work uh, teleconference. He does he does actually have to go into the office sometimes, mm. the but that's the nature of his work that does require that, uh, where he actually has to physically go to an office. But if this guy does it, I don't really see – I mean, if yes, the guy's totally fine with it, what, why, what difference would it make where you are? I mean, that would just be whether or not you would wake up on time yeah but the other question i would have is like depending on where you go in the world um how do they will they just let you stay there for indefinitely like i mean there's tourist fees there's restrictions on things like that yeah well we'll get we'll get to that what let's just answer the first question here first right now he has a very enviable job his boss said i don't care where you work as long as you get your work done so let's just assume this uh, boss assumed that meant the United States. So he's it's like one in a hand, two in the bush. Like right now, you could travel wherever the hell you want in the United States. You get to work location independently. That's a pretty great setup. I would not risk it by then not telling my boss I'm going to Tokyo. And then my boss asked me, hey, what are you doing in Tokyo? What I would do, since you got a good thing going here, just go up to your boss, say, hey, when you said I could work anywhere, does that mean like I could be in Japan? You know, like if I wanted to travel, as long as I'm waking up and getting the work done and making meetings, I mean, truly, I mean, or do you need me to be within the United States? And then, then your boss would know, because what I would hate to have happen is you just assume he means literally anywhere. You go to whatever, Kazakhstan, a goat trips over the, the internet cable, you miss a meeting, and then he, he finds, what the fuck are you doing in Kazakhstan? I didn't say you could go there. And, uh, and now, you, now you're, oh, I want you to come into the, the, the office regularly now, and so you fuck it up. So... Play it straight, ask your boss, confirm, and, and that should solve that issue. And I'm assuming this is a young guy, right? 
Uh, 30. He's 30 years old. Oh, he's 30. Okay, well. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, going overseas, unless he has some experience there, um, might be a bit of a culture shock. I don't know how much traveling this guy's done. So mm. that, that would c- could kind of be iffy because you kind of want to do some recon, as you know, when you, you know, make those kind of big moves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I would say wherever you're going to do, you want to try to do some recon before you get there as, you know, read your, read your other book on that. Yeah. Although reconnaissance man is only applied to the U S what, what I'd strongly recommend, um, first research the hell out of it. Uh, you know, say you want to go to Poland. Well, okay. Research it, find out what expats are saying. There's expat discussion groups and community boards all over the place about every country that you could, you could possibly find. You want to time it with weather. <clears throat> like I go to Poland during summer. I would not go during winter. Um, and then I'd hit up some, some colleagues we got, you know, uh, contact Matt Forney. You know, if you want to know about Central Europe, he'll tell you about it. He'll tell you about traveling. He'll tell you about the Philippines. Contact Roosh, although Roosh is pretty busy. I mean, read any of his. He has multiple books out there on different countries. I mean, a lot of it is geared towards dating and scoring with chicks. But there's also some uh, sociological, cultural commentary in those books as well. Um, but I would, I would do as much research as you can on the Internet. And then once you find, like, a top three, I would spend – Maybe, maybe no more than two weeks exploring each area because you don't want to go for three months. Go for like a two-week visa, uh, get used to traveling over long distances and flying overseas and stuff like that. Get, you know, just do some, tr- some dry want- runs. And then once you find a place like, wow, I could be here, yeah, then get yourself. I think the longest is a six-month visa. Um, I don't know if it was Roosh or Matt talking about how they had to go into another country yeah, it's, n- it's 90 days. Um, they, they, you only can be there for 90 days contiguously. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I would, I would read up on that and obviously uh, research the uh, visa laws, but I would not be staying three months. Like, I wouldn't go into a place cold for three months. Like, oh, yeah, I got my Airbnb for three months, and then you find out you're allergic to monkeys, and now you're in Thailand, and there's nothing but monkeys running around. I don't know. <laughs> you, you go to india and you don't like curry or you're allergic to curry like oh shit now you got to eat grass I, I have i mean you know just just test the waters first before committing um that much and then uh, how much money should he save up before making the leap well he's making money right well it sounds like he doesn't really have any what about the whole texas deal where he can live there rent free what about that well, yeah, but that'd be his base. He absolutely should headquarter himself in Texas because become a citizen because then he doesn't pay any state income tax. And then what little belongings he has, he can leave it with his folks. Uh, and then he can take off and split town. And I mean, he's in the ideal situation to just go and reconnoiter the entire world. Um, so I would definitely say become a citizen of Texas if you're not already. Leave your crap with your folks. Pack your travel light. That's another thing. I mean, travel light. Travel with only what you need so you could be mobile as hell. You know, be able to connect with work, uh, have your electronics in your gear, have some underwear and socks, but that's it. I would be your, your, your main job will be your daytime job, but then a very close second would be just to explore the hell out of wherever you're going. So I would not be bringing furniture or whatever else uh, you think you must bring. Um, and then, um, yeah, the amount of money, I, I don't think you're going to need that much money. 
maybe 2000 bucks in addition to what it's going to cost to the flight and lodging because he's not going to be charged rent at his folks place. He's making money as a software developer. He's going to go probably to a second or third world country where the rent's going to be a lot cheaper than if he was living in the States. So aside from the travel uh, costs, I think his living expenses are actually going to be lower. I mean, he's, he's almost got the enviable position of generating a first world income with second or third world expenses. So the finances, I'm not terribly worried about. Like enough money that if the shit hits the fan, you can get yourself a plane and fly out. You know, like maybe $3,000, I guess, whatever an immediate flight out of Bangkok would cost. I don't even think it would be that much. Um, but I, I think, you know, you could Airbnb it like for a week at each one of these, you know, major cities in each country. Like, you know, uh, maybe a week in Warsaw, a week in uh, Budapest, you know, mm. th- that kind of a thing. That's what, you know, and I'm pretty sure the airfares are relative. Oh, actually, this whole rail, you can travel every, everywhere by rail in those countries. Oh. So um, that, that's what I would recommend this guy does. And, I, you know, I, you, you don't, I, I would suggest to him unless he has some fetish for like the french language or or or, you know or wants to be around or or he's some sort of anglophile stay out of france and england um yeah i old europe i had no interest in i mean there's some nice places but i i could do without old europe ever again yeah so i wouldn't recommend going there uh if you're going to go to europe yeah go to central or eastern europe it's very developed now and uh, from what I understand, like Matt Forney and stuff, that it's traveled extensively in Poland and Hungary and a few other places. Uh, everybody uh, 30 and under speaks English. Yeah, that's another benefit. I remember when I was younger, it was like, oh, you better learn the language. And now it's just like you can go there and, and maybe they're not perfectly fluent, but you can get by speaking English. It's largely becoming the standardized world uh, language out there now. Yeah, and and the hung- in all the large cities, you know, they, they'll, they'll speak it. Um, so... That's not an issue if you're, the people within your age range, they're all going to speak it. If you're only, you know, he's 30 years old, yeah. everyone, you know, his age, they're, gonna, that's, they're all going to speak English. Yeah. Uh, and then the final question. Uh, also, are there any challenges I would face dating foreign women? I'm spending up to three months in one country or however long I could stay as a tourist. For some reason, I've had far more success in dating foreign women than American women. It would be a dream to find a nice traditional non-feminist girlfriend like a big-ass Latina or slim petite. I think you know what it is with that, with a big-ass Latina or the slim petite Asian, I think it's like pairing of wines with the appropriate food. You can't have a small ass Latina. That's like drinking white wine with a steak and a large ass Asian. That would be like having, I don't know, uh, rump. Well, I'd be like halibut with like a hard Cabernet or something. like. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's just, you just don't do it. It's, it just, it just isn't done. Uh, either is fine by me. Hit the gym, take care of myself. All right. I'm going to assume he's a good looking guy. He's not some nerd, um, that, that, uh, the the only challenge is now keep in mind I never got into the overseas dating thing or mail order bride stuff. Um, my only experience has been dating them when they're here and they're foreigners, or watching colleagues or friends of mine get mail order brides and then having their lives completely fucked up and destroyed by the money grubbing whores that they are. So there's nothing you're gonna again have to talk to like Rouge or Forney. Um, Andrew Henderson is another one at nomadcapitalist.com. Check him out. Although he focuses more on the finances of things, not really the social activities. Uh, in general, the poorer the country, the more traditional the women are. <clears throat> you could go to Sweden. You could go to Denmark, uh, any of the Scandinavian countries, the United Kingdom, 
and you're going to be dealing with basically Americanized, Westernized women. Um, they're not going to be traditional. If you go Central Europe, where they had the Soviet Union and they had the uh, feminist dream come true of communism, uh, the maybe not this younger generation remembers it because they weren't alive, but their parents and some of their older siblings remember it, and they're still they're still a little bit anti-state, uh, pro-individual, pro-family, pro-tradition. The Asian the small of the city, Aaron. Too that was one thing that Matt pointed out to me. Mm-hmm. Is like Budapest, for example, has become very westernized, and Roosh has talked about Warsaw the same. Mm-hmm. So, if you want the traditional things, you want to go to more of the smaller type cities. If you know, but if he's like a big city, you know, if he grew up in a big city, that might not appeal to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Or a big city too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I hate to say it. I mean that that door is closing. Uh, where overseas they were traditional, and that's in part because of the internet, because of economic growth. Um, it, it is spreading to where, uh, women are becoming more Americanized and they're not going to be traditional. I mean, that's even happen- happening in lit- uh, Latin American countries, uh, East India that's happening and feminism is big over there. So maybe, you know, maybe go now before the doors close, maybe you can find yourself a nice traditional girl. But the warning I would have about that is, you know, especially like in the Ukraine or Belarus or, um, what was it? Not was it the Phil? Not the Philippines. It was another Asian country, not Japan or China, not the two largest, but where it, it was just a oh it Thailand, was just, uh, maybe Thailand. I don't think it was Thailand. It was some some other place. Maybe it was Vietnam. Uh, these women are just looking to get out of this shithole. Uh, they're looking for a green card. That's that's where you really got to worry about, especially if it's like foreignbride.com, where you're essentially just buying a bride. Don't be surprised if it's going to be that literal of a business exchange that they're going to view you in terms of financial and economic resources. Uh, Cause I have a friend of mine um, who's now on his third mail order bride. And every fucking time, once the four or three years comes up that they get their green card, they divorce his ass. They've been fucking several other guys on the side um, Two have brought kids that they failed to mention over to the United States. I'm like, do you do any, background checking on these women at all um there are conscious purpose scams happening uh that's typically more for former soviet empire in the asian countries what you're going to run into more commonly is yes you'll have probably a traditional wife yes she may want to get married and not going to be as prone to divorce and get the green card but the culture there is you're the pretty young daughter you go to the united states get us money and you're always asked to send money back home. You're always asked to send money back home. You're always asked to send money back home. Middle Eastern is, is the same there. I had a buddy who dated a girl who was Egyptian, and they were, quote, engaged. And she's always asking for money. Oh, but, oh, but you're my fiancé. I need money for a cell phone so I could keep talking to you. It's like, what cell phone costs $500 a month? Like, what, what luxurious cell phone package is that? Um, so I would... You're doing a good thing in going overseas. It's when you do it over the internet. Like, you're actually over there. You're on their turf. It's an away game. Um, So they're not here getting influenced as much. And you could kind of see them in their natural habitat and environment. I'm certainly for you dating foreign women. That's, frankly, all you're going to have a choice to date over there because you will be in a foreign land. But don't think that's the panacea and the solution to everything. And you're going to find some, you know, uh, Audrey Hepburn-esque or... um, Who's the other one? The very, uh, she's very motherly, wifey, housekeeping material. 
Uh, she's not particularly sexy or pretty, um, but she's 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 like a six. Ingrid Bergman, that's the one. She's like a she's a solid six, six and a half. Ingrid Bergman. Uh, don't think you're gonna find a wife like that over there. Just just go date and have fun. And uh, I don't know. I'm having a hard time even advising men to get married now because it just. I wrote a piece about it before I started the the show. Uh, here. Unless you're unless you're dead set on having children. Yeah, I don't see any reason to marry. Yeah, I know. I know all you guys have the genetic screaming you to to go get married and have kids or bang a lot of women and all you uh, guys. It's not on the manual. It may be this generation and the next that it's just not on the manual. Um, but y- your chances are best overseas, I would say. But do be warned that there are huge ulterior incentives and motives women overseas have to dating and acting like they like an American guy uh, is, is really, uh, that'd be the only warning I got. So anything else there, John? Uh, no, that's it for this guy. Okay, cool. Let me go through the super chats, see if we got any more. No, no, no. Last time I let the super chats go so far that uh, I couldn't scroll up anymore. And so I only paid five bucks and I felt bad because I didn't answer it because I had uh. let it go. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, <clears throat> here's a weird one. You want to handle a weird one? Why not? Okay. This is from a guy, um, Fish Taco. He uh, put together a, a spoofy video rap called Fish Taco. Uh, not to sound crude or crass, but it was about how uh, he ain't going to go down on a girl if it smells like a fish taco. And he paid. He paid. So, you know, whatever the hell. This is going to save me time. Hey, Aaron, I got a new project coming in and need some advice. Fish Taco was a success, and it opened many doors for me as an entrepreneur. I now make three times more money implementing music marketing campaigns for artists than shooting music videos. With this new success, I have a ton of free time as it only takes five minutes to set up campaigns, and the rest is automated using a system I program myself to push music to audiences. However, with my new success and my new project, Roasty, releasing soon, many people from my old life are forcing their way Back in. I'm, I'm going to stop right here. Oh, yeah. Stop right here. <laughs> John, you go ahead and feel this one because I know exactly what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, well, uh, there's a word for that. We call them uh, parasites. Oh. Um, I, thought, I thought there was going to be a sports reference or something. There. <laughs> uh, no, yes, um, th- that will happen. You'll, you'll notice these people want to mo- mooch off you. Uh, well, there's a couple things that happen when, when you get success, especially if, it's, um, if it comes on very suddenly. Uh, there, you will get kind of uh, flack, but a word almost groupies. Yeah, uh, surrounding you get you. An entourages, I think, is what it is. Yes, so you you get these hangers. You and so you, and you know, and also those people that are hangers on things like that, and they're gonna you know, and some of them might not necessarily have nefarious intentions. Um, many will, but you got to learn to have proper boundaries. You know, from a psychological standpoint, keep them at arm's length. It, all relationships need to be symbiotic, meaning that you're getting as much out of it as, as they're getting out of it. And if you have a relationship that doesn't work that way, any sort of relationship, I mean, with the exception of maybe children or, a sp- you know, I mean, get rid of it. Yeah. That's, I, that's the best way I can handle just relationships in general. And I, and I mentioned this because this is germane to the topic. The gentleman is black, and this is a problem that uh, men in the black community, although women too, but predominantly men in the black community have where they will become successful. They'll have a, a rap album go, or they'll become a, a more commonly as the athletes, like they'll get, they'll get drafted into the pros. 
um, or you just you just busted your ass off, became a good engineer, joined the military, whatever. Then everybody's out there asking to borrow money. Um, everyone's your best friend, and it even got to the point I forgot who it was. There was a guy that got drafted. You know, here's the thing: the guy did all the work. You know, do you know what it takes to become a professional NFL football player to get drafted? Do you know the amount of dedication that takes? A, a huge amount of dedication. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not going to put forth that effort. These guys bust their asses off since like grade school, essentially. They hit the gym, they diet, they go out, they get sacked, their bodies take a pounding. And that's before they even get to the NFL. You know, this is high school and college. Then they get to the NFL and someone was saying like, hey, you know what? You ought to give back to the community you came from. It's like, what? Did, did the community <laughs> go to the gym four hours a day? Did the community bust their asses off and take sacks after hits after clothesline? What did the ki- I'm sorry, I didn't see the community uh, doing sprints with weights attached to my my waist, and I I just was like, how dare you think you're entitled to this man's sacrifice and labor? And so there's there is this expectation. It doesn't just happen in the black community. Anyone who wins the lottery, regardless of your race, yeah. all of a sudden you got buddies and friends. But this is very. Uh, seen very prominent, uh, notorious to happen in the black community where somebody quote makes it. And then, and not only like, Hey, I'm your buddy, but Hey, you owe us. And I I've seen it a lot. Like you owe your mother. What the fuck do I owe my mother for? She just spat me out. What the fuck is that? What? No. Did, and I know people are like, Oh, blood's thicker than water. It's like the fuck it is. Mom wasn't lifting the weights. Mom wasn't running the, the, the hundred meter dash. And it's like, no, this is me. And maybe I'll buy mom a house or something. But there's this expectation that if anybody succeeds, the commune is entitled to that person's success. So this is the same thing here. And, um, well, we'll go on. Uh, but this, that just to, to preface it, this is what we can expect. Uh, these people include former high school teachers. It's, see, even the parents, the adults want to get on it. These people include former high school teachers, students, family members, girls I talk to, and video clients. These people have come to my apartment pretending to be police officers, health department agents, and have showed up to my grocery store and stared at me. This, uh, these are bad tactics. Uh, I have damning proof against many of them that show stalker intentions backed up on hard drives and clouds. How should I handle this? I would like to, uh, a video to be made. As many people who become successful without any debt or owing anyone don't know how to handle these types of people. Most people in Hollywood owe many favors to people who help them. I do not. I did everything myself. And now people who never supported me or betrayed me are trying to get a handout or use me for their agenda. Yeah, you got the money. I have a local audience of young females, 13 to 24 years old, ranging in the thousands. So no wonder it's why these types would love to use me for their political or educational agendas. Oh, that's his audience. He's got females between 13 and 24. That's like when they're most powerful. Um, like he, you could not have a more powerful audience. Than yeah, that we, we got to be, we got to handle this one carefully now, because uh, if you anger a girl, what are some of her options for revenge? Well, let me tell you about this fancy book I got here called how not to get accused falsely of rape. That's, yeah, you, that might be – I think that book would be very apt for uh, this gentleman, this client of yours. Right. Or or uh, what is it? Pedophile charges or uh, underage uh, – what's it Yeah, called? anything like that. Never yeah. be alone with uh, – I would, 
I say, just don't never be alone with the woman, you know, without the door opened and, you know, other just, you're going to have to watch that. Unfortunately, I mean, that's just the world we live in. It sucks. Yeah. I know, but that's, that's what it's come to. I, I would, I would also say, um, he's very wise to have video. He's very wise. This guy should get a body cam. But what I would do is I would move. I'd get an anonymous address. I'd be it. So these people cannot physically find you. The, Audience, if you have any groupies in your audience that contact you, you know, like have everything recorded. I mean, don't talk to your groupies if you can avoid it. Uh, but I, I'd imagine you have to interact somehow. Uh, but yeah, you have everything recorded, video, uh, especially talking to your fans. But dealing with all the people. See, the, the problem is the easiest solution. It's too late for the client now. The easiest solution is that if you become successful, you don't let people know. Like the last thing I would do is if I won the lottery is let anyone know. If if I ever made money, I wouldn't let anyone know. Because except, except my attorney, because <clears throat> he's yeah, bound by client privilege not to reveal it. But <laughs> right, right. I'd let I'd let Chad Elkins, my CPA, know. I'd let my attorney know, and that'd be it. You know, I don't even know if I'd let the GF know. <laughs> oh dear uh, mcdonald's again we can't go until it's a till we got a coupon did you cut out a coupon okay we can get the dollar menu tonight sweetheart you know uh I, i'm serious if, and now that i think about it if i was married or had a wife uh that was not my current gf like for you regular people out there with your regular wives they're like oh shit yeah that's right i don't i wouldn't tell my wife i i wouldn't tell my girlfriend that i made money I, I wouldn't. Um, I would just, you know, oh, yeah, business is all right. Yep, yep. Ooh, no, I don't. You know, every once, it's always good once a week to say, I don't know if we could afford it, babe. I don't, uh, let's 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 stay in. I don't think we could afford it. You know, like, oh, I don't know if I could afford that that level of scotch. Why don't, why don't you have a whiskey instead? And let them think you don't have the money. And then these problems would never occur. Uh, but now the, you know, cat's out of the bag on this one. Um I would be if you got people stalking you or showing up in your neighborhood, but you have this kind of money, and it, and it's online. If this is online, dude, you could you could go anywhere. You, you can live anywhere and and be left alone. Um, the only thing that might be a drawback to this is you obviously have roots and you do have good people, you do have good family. Um, but I would uh, maybe let you know stay in contact with those people. But yeah, if you got people physically visiting where you shop i'd be getting out of dodge i'd be like yeah and, and i wouldn't tell anyone where i'm going uh, and i don't care if that's your mom if your mom is coming out that's one thing that really pisses me off about some of the clients that get uh, young black men is how their moms are just like one guy recently he, his parents would take his money he's working he's trying to go to school parents take his money when he works it's like what the fuck you know, I had another girl, unfortunately, where her mom was using the girl's social security number to get credit cards and rack and ruin her daughter's credit in the process. I think the daughter's like 18 or 19 or something like that. Uh, it doesn't matter how close the family is in blood. It's how have they been treating you? Uh, so I would be, you know, plotting an escape. You don't tell anyone. You don't even tell like, hey, you're, it's, it's trust. I mean, you may have a good friend who's now a really good friend. You know, you can't tell them where you live. Like, yeah, I'll meet you later, you know, and or I'll, I'll meet you over here. And, and yeah, just uh, I'm trying to think what else. Phone number, maybe change your phone number. 
too, you know, so people, you know, ha or have a, a phone that you only use to contact people in your inner circle. Um, that's, that's what I would be doing. And then any business dealings with girls, period. I was going to say 13 to 24 year olds, but it doesn't matter what age they are nowadays. Any interactions you have with them. And if they know who you are and you're doing business, you film that shit. Um, I don't know. I'm going to assume he's in California. I could be wrong. But whatever the laws are there, find out what the laws are where you either have to inform them or you don't have to inform them. It, it's just good to have a camera right there and say, uh, by the way, I'm recording every conversation. You could have a sign in front of your office. I record all conversations. Save all emails because it, the worst thing is you put in all this effort and you get Kavanaugh'd and some yeah. gal comes in and claims yeah. that you touched her boobs 30 years ago. Yeah, I mean, like, what if this guy ends up really making it big, right? Yeah. And some, you know, uh, five years from now, some girl says, oh, you did this to me and totally tries to destroy his career. Because this guy seems like he's on the ball. He seems he smart. He seems like he got his niche, a niche market. I like this guy. Yeah, well, you'll like this. P.S. Instead of burning my earnings, I've picked up a delivery gig, gig that pays $25 per hour. Per hour. I pretend to be an African immigrant and have gotten late so many times being the delivery boy. <laughs> All right. There you go. There you go, buddy. Getting paid to get laid. I like paid this to guy. get laid. Now we know what it's like to be a woman. That, oh, oh, hang on. Hang on. That was true. That's why it was funny. That's uh... All right. So we handled that one. Uh, let's go back to the Insta chats. Hang on. This, there we go. See? We got we got two, three. See, this is why I got a stake. Can you, hey John, can you do me a huge favor and keep an eye on the on the chat room? Yeah, I can. What which okay. channel are you broadcasting this on, though? Um, I'm oh I'm, I'm it's not older brother. This is on uh, Aaron Clary, the asshole consulting uh, okay. channel. Okay, yeah, then I'm all over it. All right. Yeah. Um. So go to that. We got Ryan Oaks. I'll do this while John's figuring. Thoughts on career in HVAC? The BLS listed medium pay at twenty three an hour and fifteen percent job growth over the next 10 years. Well, let me tell you something about the Bureau of Labor Statistics job forecast predictions. They're worthless. They're completely worthless. And it's not me just saying that, but they actually retroactively applied the forecasts and the BLS forecasts have no value. So well, there's a reason why the, the two of the initials in the BLS are B and S. Yes. Yes. Bureau of lots of shit. That may even uh, be it. Um, so I would not worry about job growth. The real thing that matters is what the median pay is per, and that's median 23 an hour. Uh, that's not that good for median. You know, that's like mid career. It's not bad. It's a skill and a trade, uh, but it's, it's not that good. Now HVAC sucks because you got to get up into the rafters and it's hot, then it's cold. Uh, it could be muggy. Um, it's a physically demanding job, but I'm going to tell you this about pretty much every type of carpentry type of trade or any trade in general if you can just show to fuck up on time and be sober and get the job done you can make a lot of money uh the the real issue with the hvac and the trades is you got a bunch of dumb fucking yokels out of wyoming with their good polaris jacket who show up drunk with their with their shitty ass goateed beard after they're done fucking their cousin, then they spat out a half sister. Who knows how the fucking math works on that? But people in Wisconsin, Wyoming figured it out. And then they'll show up, you know, two hours late. They'll do half ass job. That's a lot of the reason why these people are paid twenty three an hour. If you show the fuck up on time and do your job right the first time, you can start commanding a salary. And the ideal world is you start hiring out other people and you just collect a commission. But then you got to hire the right people 
to do that. So I really like carpentry and the trades. If for any other reason, you could do your own work on your own house and save tens of thousands of dollars that way. You can flip houses. Uh, investing in real estate becomes much more profitable when you can do your own sweat equity work. Um, but if you're just going to mail it in and you're going to be the typical guy from uh, from rural Wisconsin, you're going to show up drunk and you're going to have your your Dodge Diesel Hemi truck that you can't afford. And you, here's here's a rule. If you have kids out of wedlock, don't go into the trades. Okay, don't don't even bother. Okay, if you're responsible enough to have kids within wedlock and not to become an alcoholic, then maybe you can go into the trades. And you can make a lot more than twenty three an hour. But um, I would, <clears throat> you know, it's it's a real job. It's not it's not a shortcut that so many people seem to think it is. Uh, Bacon Maldito again writes, "Hey John, hey John, this is for you." Okay. Hey John, love hearing you. And the Cashew Gallery on Older Brother. Hopefully, Cappy brings you guys back. Still suffering in Seattle, he asks. Are you suffering in Seattle? I'm still suffering in Seattle. But um, uh, you know what? It's gotten cold. It's December now. So mm-hmm. the, the uglies are not out on the street as much. There's just less people. So I don't, have to, I don't get that uh, visual assault as much every time I walk outside. Yeah. What, uh, what is the temp? I mean, it's, it's, just, it's cloudy in what? Uh, upper 40s? Uh, I think it's lower 40s. It's uh, it's it's getting chilly. This is the coldest time. It is I think December here. Okay. Um, yeah, we're we're still not at the worst. We're we're gonna drop down to two degrees in a couple days here. And um, what Doc? He's he's already went through three and a half cords of wood. It's been unseasonably cold. And I'm like, holy cow! So you had to add more ordered. Uh, but once January comes, I'm gone. The 24th, I'm out of here. <laughs> you don't, you don't hang, you don't. Nope, deal with I that don't call. do January or February. Nope, fuck that shit. And last year, I came back early, uh, not early, but I'm like, okay, I avoided January and February. I'm like, okay, I can handle March. And you get back and like, yeah, you can handle March, but why would you want to handle March? It's just as snowy. It's even more snowy. It's slushy. It's gray. It's shitty. And it's like, fuck it. So I'm coming back for a solid week and a half, and I'm flying back out to Vegas. And then I'll drive the truck back at the end of March because there's, there's just no godly reason to be in this state in March. I'd imagine what the sun starts coming out, snow melts in Seattle in March. Well, actually, yeah. Uh, well, March is a very wet month. Um, it's actually going down to 28 degrees tonight here. Oh, that's that is pretty cold. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, this is a cold. This is our coldest month. Right. What I got a question. So, at, does Seattle, the city, do they use salt or chemicals on the road, or is that too bad for the eco environment? And all you guys got to slip around and kill yourselves because there's no traction on the road. It's funny you say that. Uh, th- there was a storm several years ago, and they wouldn't use the salt because they were worried about it, you know, getting into the the water, you know, because all the yeah. lakes and everything. And it was there's not enough water or rain in Seattle; it never wash away. <laughs> well, that was the f- you know the fear of it coming into like you know Lake Washington. And uh, anyway, uh, so there was this big hoopla about it because there was so many accidents and so much of the city was shut down. Even emer- uh, emergency service units had trouble getting around. So now they're putting the fucking salt down. And, you know, I, I make sure like in the building I have, we have a ton of it here in our storage unit. So, cause I live on a very steep incline, the building I live in. Uh, so yeah. I remember going to Colorado and thinking like, I knew this and I knew that and the storm hit. I'm like, I'm okay. And then thankfully I was in a neighborhood and there was no one around and something come up on a stop sign. I hit the brakes. Nothing happens. I just go right slided through it. I'm like, what the fuck? 
And so I started trying, and I asked my buddy, I'm like, do they treat the roads? He's like, oh, no, we don't use salt or chemicals here. I'm like, why in fuck's name not? Like, oh, it's bad for the environment, or so they say. I'm like, yeah, so's crashing cars and sliding with the kids, and actual <laughs> manslaughter is bad for the environment, too. You know, I'm sure when I crash my car and there's fluids and everything leaking into your drainage, just, I'm sure that's not going to be good for the environment either. But, my God, you just, yeah, that's, that's a, you know, if you are moving to Denver, I know I'm very pro-Denver, but if you're moving in, to Denver in general, be, be aware to get a really nice set of snow tires come wintertime because they don't treat the roads. And learn how to put on chains. Oh, that's so – no one – I don't think any city or state allows that anymore, do they? Oh, we, I have them. We have them. Do here. you really? Well, you actually – the pass in Washington State, you have to go over the, the Cascade Mountain Range to get from the east side to the west side of the state. Sure, Chinook Pass uh, and all that. Certain times a year, they won't let you – it's illegal to be on the pass without chains. Really? Yeah, chains are required. Oh, okay. All right. I, I remember in the 70s, my dad putting on the chains. And it looked like just such an unthankful job because it was in the snow and it was cold. And you had to prop up one wheel and get it on. You had to lower it down. You had to jack up the other wheel, put it on, put it down. And, and I think those you know, they, have, they have high-tech shit now, so it's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, the tires today, and I'll give you an opposite story. Um, it, I was driving to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And which is high up. I think it's like 7,000 feet. It's a pretty high town. And um, it got hit with just a little bit of a snow. Not a snowstorm, but snow. Regular snow. Maybe an inch or two. So I'm driving along. And I see way off in the distance just a ton of lights light up. Just a ton. And traffic is slowing down. And then all of a sudden it's stopping. And people are sliding all over the place. Well, I had my Kia with Minnesota winter tires on it. And I'm like, why is everyone? I'm like, oh, I bet you they're not used to getting snow here. And sure enough, I'm the only guy that had snow tires. So I go on to the shoulder and I'm driving at a, you know, not fast, but like 30 miles an hour passing all these cars. Not only had a semi truck jackknifed on my bound traffic, another semi truck had been down the hill in the median with the, Eastbound, westbound lanes were quite far apart. I think it's Highway 40. Uh, a uh, uh, cop a truck SUV had been flipped over with its lights on in the oh. median. There was traffic jammed on the other side because the cops had tow trucks and everything. I'm like, holy shit. So I get to the jackknife part. I'm like, these cops don't give a shit if I go on. They got bigger fish to fry. So I go, here's the jackknife truck. I just drive around it completely open flying through albuquerque new mexico i come up on this guy he had one of those low jacked uh uh used lexuses you know how the the kids spruce those up yeah yeah cold air intake and has the brat kind of exhaust he's just spinning tires he can't even get up the slight little incline and here i go just zooming past him in a kia and i'm like yeah you know maybe you shouldn't have racing tires in uh in snowy areas, just just wondering. But... Oh well. Um, Carlos writes, Cappy, what's the oldest chick you banged? Um, it depends. Like, like at the time or a percentage of my <laughs> age? Well, no, that's a question. Is I mean, John, what's the oldest gal you banged? Uh, the oldest gal I banged was. Um... I guess technically it would be my girlfriend because she's uh, 38, oldest. 38. But yeah, but how old were you? Um, at that time, I think I was the 38. Okay, so you, you've never banged a gal older than you. 
No, I did. When I was oh. 30, when I was 29, I was dating a girl that was 33. Okay, so wouldn't that be the because she was five? See, I need a metric. Well, yeah, here. I didn't know what he meant by oldest, like oldest in years or oldest in different, older than me. Yeah, because I'm yeah, trying the oldest, to oldest girl I was banged older than me was four years older. Hang on, let me do some math. I think the oldest I banged 13 years. That's about right, 13. But here's the thing we got to do percentages. Um, what the hell? How do we want to do this? Okay, that's 1.4. Let me do another math. 20, what the hell was I? 24. No, I got to divide the other way around. That guy was 35, 24. Okay, yeah, I think this is the highest. As a percentage of my age at the time, the gal I banged that was the oldest was 146% my age. So I was 25 at the time. I think she was 35. Um, but then the oldest gal I banged probably is my girlfriend, uh, who is 41. No way. Yeah. God damn it. Now I got to go through all of them again. Um, I'm just going to assume that because it's been a long time since playing the field. And as you get older, the nominally oldest woman you're going to bang is probably inevitably going to be your wife. Cause you know, you're 65, you know, you're not going to chase after an 85 year old. Just say, yeah, I want that. <laughs> I want well, that Sean, Sean, Connery, Sean Connery has a great quote about older women. There's nothing wrong with an older woman for a younger man. There's something wrong with an older man for a younger man? No, 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 if, you're, if you're a young man, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're 20 years old and you're dating a woman that's eight years older than you, she's only 28. That's fine. Right. So, oh, I see. But if you're, if you're 60 and you're dating a 68-year-old woman, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm gonna draw the line at gray pubes. I think that'll be the. Oh. Yeah, I'm kind of like, nope, no gray pubes, no pruny boobs. Boner that, killer. That that shit's going away. And there's like contracts. It's like you're dyeing your hair. I'll dye my hair too. You're dyeing your hair. There's no gray. There's no freaking gray. No pruny boobs. That's that's it. No no dumpy wrinkly ass either. Get that old man wrinkly butt. Ugh ugh. Uh, Jeremy uh, Jackson asked for three dollars. You said the Minnesota GOP is incompetent, and you can fix how? Uh, well, let me count the ways. One, uh, getting the GOP to steal the minority male vote. This would apply nationally um, on how to have the GOP win. I think there's such a war against men in general that. And men are so, we want women. That's the only thing we want. We want women. And when you convince any man, regardless of his race, but especially blacks and especially Latinos, just how much their women have abandoned them for a government check and a relationship with the state, I think the black and Latino community, among any other community, would kind of wake up and realize, holy shit, you know, I've just been voting for him because that's the way I've been told to vote and Whitey's out to get me. But if you look at what the Democrat Party and the government has done to your women, uh, you know, forget forget Whitey stealing your women from you. It ain't that. It's a government check stealing your women from you. And then consequently, your agency and purpose in life. I mean, okay, you're not going to have kids. You're not going to have a wife. What the fuck are you going to do? Well, you know, unless you're John and me, okay, then maybe you got a career or something like that. But uh, it, it, it really takes away the point and purpose of a guy's life if you take their women away from them. 
And so I, I, that's what I think the GOP, the GOP should totally get into sexual politics and, and just start calling out feminism for the bullshit it is. Another thing I think that the GOP could, they essentially just have to grow some balls. One thing I recommend the GOP does locally here, <clears throat> but this could be done nationally, is you buy billboard space and start putting ads up there where you have a hot chick that say conservative girls and you have your ugly typical SJW shaved head obese piece of shit trash say democrat girls choose wisely um you could also go to college campuses put up your, your liberal arts degrees are worthless go stem or go home brought to you by the republic i mean just mix up the fucking shit the thing that the gop doesn't have to worry about is it's a perennial loser you're in one of the most leftist states they always go left you, you and then here they are they're acting like gentlemen like oh yes well we shall we shall have a saber foil competition it's like will you guys grow a pair of fucking balls Go for broke and just start. I mean, they got to grow teeth. They got to grow teeth. So those those are some ways. But you know, they they they're always this very polite, swipple, pussified, pansy, spineless, ballless, white dope. Oh well, you know, I'm not a racist. I'm not a sexist. No, no, I care. I'm just thinking maybe maybe we should have less some. Uh, no, no, I'm not. It's like uh, yeah, you know what? Get them the fuck out of here. We want wage gains to go to Minnesotans. There's nothing against Somalis. We don't need immigrants here. You know, something, something to say, uh, have a stand like that. I mean, <gasps> you know, who knows? Even some women, maybe their wives might actually get wet for once. I don't know. Maybe maybe the, the, the Democrat women might even get a little turned on if, if there are actually some masculine men. Because you take a look at the Democrat men, look at the, the GOP men of Minnesota, they're all bindless pussy saps. So I don't know if there was a penis that walked into this state every once in a while and said, yeah, fuck that. We're not doing it. Oh, they, they might win it. They might win. Yeah, I'd say just, you know, be a man. Be a man. Fucking John Wayne up, walk in, you know, spank Marina Hera in the ass and then get sued and thrown in jail. That's <laughs> uh, remember, you know, what's really funny is I've been watching some uh, of the saint with Roger Moore. And even some Mission Impossible. And it happened a lot in The Saint. And it's only, I think, happened twice in Mission Impossible. Where a woman was getting out of hand. And then Roger Moore just spanks her in the ass. And she's like, oh. And then she tries to slap it. He grabs her hand and says, you needed that. And I'm just like, fucking hell. Fucking A. <laughs> or he'll, he'll spank you know, her. If, so if you want some good movies on like how, how to, uh, you know, act around well you know i don't know maybe now you go to jail for it but but the attitude maybe not the actions it's kind of you know like you're i think one of your favorite scenes from a movie at what is it dr no or uh or uh goldfinger, goldfinger. where he smacks her on the ass he goes man talk man talk and, yeah, yeah. sends her away um that that kind of thing or another another good uh film with a very masculine character more modern was the pierce brosnan's rendition of the uh, thomas crown affair I saw that with um, the gal who I thought was hot until I saw a modern picture, Renee Rousseau. Yeah, well, you know, 20 years ago, she wasn't bad. I don't mm. know what she looks like now. Oh, she's um, a wreck. She's a wreck. She's a wreck. Um, and she, she was right on the – she was right uh, – you know, she was inches from the wall at, when that film came out. Right. Uh, but she was – you know, they, they, made a look, they made a look as good as she could. But that film is good. Um, also, another uh, film that Pierce Brosnan did, I always, I like, it's, he's, he plays a little bit more sleazy guy, but – uh, same kind of attitude is the Tailor of Panama. It's also very funny too. Oh, I'll write that down and watch it. Hang on, the Tailor of Panama. Tailor of Panama. It's based on a novel by Jean Le Carré, who's one of my favorites. Uh, he wrote he wrote one of my favorite spy books. Okay. Well, I know you don't read those books, but anyway. 
No, as long as they make it a movie. I'll watch that. I'll get on that right away. I won't watch Dr. Shivago or not Dr. Shivago. Dr. Strangelove. What's the, uh, no, the Taylor of Panama, you'll, you'll really like that. That's funny. That's got, uh, that's got a lot of big name uh, actors. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, too. Okay. No, what's the book, everyone? Uh, Dr. Strangelove. That's it, not Dr. Shivago. Everyone wants me to watch Dr. Strangelove. We got a two-pound donation, which is like almost three bucks from, uh, from Usama, but then he retracted it. He wanted to know if he should go into um, – uh, nursing in in england i i think like yeah i mean it's better than nothing uh my my question with nursing is okay if you're going to go into nursing why not become a doctor or and maybe not with the nhs but become something and i don't know what the equivalent would be over the united kingdom but uh, a physician's assistant or a nurse practitioner you know some kind of specialist where you could command a decent salary yet not have to go through all the pain assery it is to become a doctor um, yeah, PAs, PAs are a good thing to go into now because they are uh, – I, I had a hospital stay a couple of years ago, and I, I swear to God, I saw the doctor for a total of 15 minutes. Everything was uh, nurses and uh, the PA, and the PAs don't have to do any of the ugly work, <laughs> um, and it's a hell of a lot less schooling than becoming a doctor. Yeah, yeah. No, I got I a buddy. I but, but again, I don't know how that works in England. I really don't know. Yeah, I, it's it's not like standardized like a military, like, oh, a captain is a captain, a colonel is a colonel, a major is a major. Over there, I mean, there's doctor, but then I don't know what a nurse does. I know here it's like nursing assistant, nurse specialist, uh, then, then nurse practitioner, and then physician's assistant is something completely different. And then you got other specialties you could do. Maybe you could consider this like a radiologist, sonographer. We had a conversation about that a couple days ago. Um, somewhere well, it's in, like in nursing i have dated a lot of nurses um mm. and not it's not like a fetish it's because the building uh, across from me is where the traveling nurses are you know those nurses that uh, they travel around the country and they work uh three 12-hour shifts I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with this um i saw a lot of uh south korea had because when i worked security we we'd watch over prisoners when they were getting surgery or they were sick and yeah uh, like a a fleet what what do you call a group of nurses a, a squadron of nurses <laughs> I don't know, a bunch of a, a, a squadron. Let's go with squadron. That sounds cool. A squadron of nurses from South Korea would come in, and I think they're trying to get work experience in the United States. Maybe there was a, a labor shortage or whatever. And um, yeah, and then you're kind of like, oh, there's a lot of, a lot of Asian nurses here. And then morning would come, the morning shift would in, and, and then the. It was funny. But let me ask you this about with the nurses. Uh, I'm going to presume you dated younger, hotter nurses, not the old nurses. I, I did, yeah. This was all in my twenties. I did this. Yeah, yeah. What I, what's kind of funny is working security at ho- working hospital round the shift anytime. You could totally see like who that seniority rules there because when you walk in at noon or in the afternoon daytime shift, it's nothing but old, frumpy, pissed off, angry, burnt out nurses. But you know they got the day shift, and then when night shift come, I always like working in the night shift because then the hot recent graduated ones were working. And uh, they're all in their twenties, and you knew they got got the crap shift because they were new and they're just they had no seniority. But it actually gave a boost to like working the night shift because you're like, <laughs> oh, good, hey, hey, night shift's getting on. All right, let's yeah, it's, good night, Gertrude. Yeah, see you later. Oh, hey, hey, Madison, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, college debt is a problem now, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I would like some coffee. Yes, thank you very much. Well, I will say this for nursing. One thing I do know a little bit about because I. Like I said, I did date a few of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to make, you can actually make serious money in nursing if you actually get a master's degree in nursing in these two specific fields: uh, anesthesia 
And secondly, okay. geriatric nursing. It's because all those boomers and there's a lack of people, nurses specializing in that. So geriatric nursing and anesthesiology. To any of the males or females listening. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you're a man and this, I mean, this is work. This is not a master's degree in women's studies or acting. <clears throat> no, it's a real, it's a real gig. Yeah. Nursing is a real thing. I just, I, I, I maybe because of, uh, uh, sexual predisposition there's more women in nursing than men but don't let that deter you a buddy of mine he, he before he became a nurse practitioner just recently became a nurse practitioner before he was making 50 dollars an hour he was also a specialist and that was a nurse practitioner he's making like 75 he got a 40,000 or 30,000 dollar hiring bonus i mean the guy is making bank yep. so don't don't think just cuz oh it's nursing that's that's girl work or something no that's real work and it's real freaking pay so as long as you go to the upper echelons you don't where you where you run into it is there's like a phlebotomist or somebody who went to the ding ding shitmobile school um <laughs> down the street for their two-year certification on how to how to dispense meds or how to give somebody a shot and then they bitch and well hey it sucks i gotta wipe people's asses like yeah because you got a not real degree in nursing you got your two-year associate bullshit degree no go get something worthwhile and no. My goal is to never wipe asses for a living, nor to have my ass wiped ever in my life. I That's will right. Yeah. Die before that. Uh, if it gets to the point where someone else is to wipe my ass, I eat the bullet. Yep. No, that's that's time for the 45 caliber Aaron Cleary Smith and Weston program. Uh, cheap cinema. Never had kids. Tried to still keep friendships alive. I mean, if you have kids, why is it that you cannot have fun anymore? What the fuck? I don't know, John. I mean, you you must have seen this happen. You you must have had friends at one time because you moved to Seattle. What when you're in your twenties? Yeah, I was twenty four when I moved. Yeah. Okay, so you had your friends, you had your parting, and I'm sure those friendships sputtered out as they moved or had kids. Yeah. Well, yeah. For me, it was a little different though because when I moved here, it was kind of pre uh, World Wide Web stuff. So we, you know, it was a lot harder to keep in touch. Mm-hmm. So um, I had this interesting thing happen when Facebook came out, where I reconnected with all these people. Mm. Um, so that was interesting. And was I it locally or they had they all moved? Uh, well, you know, in New York City, yeah, a lot of them moved, but they didn't move that far. You know, they mm-hmm. left it. They left the city because you know, uh, but they stayed. Most of them stayed in the state. You know, a lot of where I grew up, it was kind of you know, my friends were kind of like uh, you know, Irish Americans. They all became either policemen or firemen or. Oh, that's racist. Know. No, that's, that's racist. <laughs> I love I love the Bugs Bunny cartoon where it's Rocky. And they're in the hideout. Remember this one? And if and, it, if, if I was so and so, I would do this to you. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like yeah, yeah. my friend Rocky was in there. Yeah, and then the Irishman yeah, comes. Oh, right, right. Where is he? Where is he hiding? He's not in this stove. Oh, he's hiding in the stove. Eh? <laughs> if my friend Rocky was in the stove, would I do this? Mm, you might, Rabbit. You might. <laughs> that was and great. Then they sliced the exact, you know, they didn't record it. They just sliced the exact same audio to repeat it. Then the cop really shows up. All right, rapid. Where's Rocky? Where's he hiding? <laughs> and none of you fucking millennial or Gen Z brats know what the fuck we're talking about. It's... <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah. So stereotype, yeah, the racist Irish thing. Yeah. Great job. These guys that I grew up with retired at 40 and 41 years old. Yeah. They get the 25 and out or something. Yeah. They, well, now it's 25 and out. Then it was 20 and out. Oh, God you bless get on, You could get on the police force at 19 and a half. Oh, gee. Imagine that. Now they want you to have your triple masters and pass this and pass that and do this test and that. Like, oh, fuck you. 
That was that was, I remember I applied to the the local reserve force out here in White Bear Lake and uh God almighty the the oh it took them like six months to get back. And they'll say, Hey, congratulations, you've been accepted. I'm like, that was six months ago. What the fuck? Who's in command? Like, Jesus. But I mean, now, yeah, I don't think you could be a cop at 19 and a half, right? I don't know if you'd want a cop who was 19. Well, you got you go, well, you got to go into the academy. So the logic is, when you, by the time you graduate the academy, which is six months, five and a half, six months, you're mm-hmm. you're 20. Um, but there was many as the cops that were had their badge, but they couldn't even drink. Drink? Wow, that's hilarious. That's- and you're not allowed to drink. Uh, I don't think you're allowed to drink for I forget what it is for like the first year on the force or something in New York, anyway. Really? Yeah, they they were pretty strict. I don't know if people enforced that shit. But the reason I know a little bit about this, my roommate in New York became a cop. He did his four years in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while he was, I remember he came up on leave and stayed with me, uh, took the exam, and then went back. Then when he got out of the Navy, he he stayed, lived with me for like a year and a half, and he got called into the academy, and he stayed with me throughout his time in the academy. And uh, then he moved out, and two cops came by like a month after he moved out to do a background check on him because I was really? put down as his reference. And they mm. asked, yeah, two, it was two female cops, and they asked all these questions about him. Does he, you know, does he party? Does he drink? Does he, you know, all this Eat kind of life, stuff. whatever, you know. Yeah, and, and then they wanted, like, other names I could give them and stuff like that. And, you know, and, and you know, the weird thing about it was, I, I went out the guy because I don't know one knows my real name, but um, he was actually in AA, and he actually had a drug problem in the Navy. Mm. He got, he got, you know, he got to take care of. And he was totally clean and sober. But, um, you know, I was like saying, well, you know, he uh, he just got out of the Navy, so he doesn't really have a lot of friends. You know, meanwhile, he grew up in the neighborhood. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, to answer the guy's question, um, <clears throat> the reason people don't go out and have fun anymore is because they're tired. That's the number one reason. Um, I got a buddy who has kids. Uh, he he goes out every time he can. Uh, he's still a, a active participating friend of mine. We're probably going to go get cigars tomorrow. Uh, and it is a choice. That That is what I've found is it is a choice. And I understand that people have an obligation to their family and their kids first, but they just get tired. And then I, it's not that like their wives are hot or they keep them home with great, wild, crazy sex. It's just, they go work. Then they got to deal with the kids. And sometimes you don't have the energy left over to go out after that. And you uh, stay in. Um, and it's not even kids. It's like after you get to be a certain age, like I know guys whose kids are out of the house and, and you just, you don't see them. People want to stay in. I, I think it takes a truly curious, higher than average IQ mind to like, hey, let's go do this or let's go do that. And of course, it could be I, I stay at home and I work at home. I just want to get the fuck out of here at times. But um, <clears throat> even before, you know, when I did have a full-time job, mo- most people, man, they want to sit there. They don't want to watch their TV they want to have their two beers and then they want to go to bed. And then I, I don't know what's the exciting li- what's the excitement in the average week of an average person. Uh, I don't know. I would just I was just thinking like it reminded me. I don't know what age it hit me at. Sometime I guess in the beginning of my forties where I just stopped going out on Friday nights. Hmm. Uh, you know, like after the week, you know, I was just kind of like done. You know, hmm. I go out on a Saturday, but like Friday, I'm tired, man. Hmm. I'm just, you know. Well, I'm, I'm not saying even going to, I'm sure the client is asking, it's not even like, let's go to a nightclub. The fuck if I'm going to go to a nightclub, I'm not going to go to, I mean, heck, I, I don't even go to bars where it's louder. There's too many televisions on, uh, but I still go out. I mean, a lot of it's like physically, hey, do you want to go for a run? Hey, we're going to go on the boat. Hey, do you know, it's not like I'm saying like, hey, do you want to go to church? You know, usually the activities I put together are a little bit more fun. 
And after a while, you spend more energy doing, you know, trying to pull teeth. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, then you participate in one person activities or you go to meetup groups and stuff like that. Yeah, like things like that. Like one of the things I try to do with with uh, different friends is like on Sundays, like go out to like brunch with a couple people to something like that because everybody's got to eat, you know. Mm. Yeah. All right, let's get another asshole consulting video in here. Otherwise, I'd have to do them myself. Let me see. Did he pay? There we go. Okay. <clears throat> hey, Cappy, returning client here. I believe it was this past April when I reached out to you for a life checkup. Twenty-eight, A 24-year-old Canadian who dropped out of university after three years of business to drive truck and make big money. You called the video the one successful millennial. Uh, anyway, things are going well for me now as I bought my own truck and have made the leap from an employee to small business owner. OFC, what does this mean? Of course. Of course. Uh, okay. Of course, this has its advantages, uh, albeit with some risk involved, breakdown maintenance. However, this is neither here nor there for the purposes of this video. I live in Ontario and have dreams of moving out west in the not-too-distant future. My question to you is as follows. What are the good western states and cities in the United States? I might consider the Vancouver area and British Columbia, but want some analysis of the states. I've heard good things about the west, and you even mentioned in your video response to me that the west is good for young men. But it seems that when you look in, at some states and cities individually, they all have their problems. Yeah, everything's every. There's no perfect place. Everything's going to have a problem. Uh, Don't go to Vancouver, BC, buddy. Um, yeah. it, it's uh, it, the the women look like the women do in Seattle. So is this guy single? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, pickings are really slim there. I mean, it's basically the Canadian Seattle, right? Yeah, it's mm. it's a lot. It's like that. Um, I don't know about the also the uh, home prices in Vancouver are uh, completely prohibitive because there's so many Asians that have just bought up the market. I mean, it's just outrageous. I mean, you're mm. going to be you're going to be paying Seattle prices to live in Canada. You know, it's crazy with your buddy Trudeau's taxes. That's- yeah, exactly. So I cost of living wise, I, I I don't see the trade off. I mean, I'd like I need to know more about what this guy's into. Um, I think he could drive as a truck driver. He could kind of drive his rig anywhere. I'd imagine he has to live near a port. Like, so here'd be the, it's just me thinking, but he'd have to live near a port like Vancouver or Seattle or something like that. Maybe not. Uh, but he'd also have to be uh, driving well, near truck. like major rail access or a port. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. Or the, the oil fields either in Canada or the United States. He says, I have heard that Denver is not a good city anymore and the people are spaced out zombies. Portland, Oregon has clearly become the leftist capital of the U.S. Seattle, from what I heard, has always been a feminist city to be avoided by young men, but populated by old farts like John. See, if you're old, you can be <laughs> In regards to Colorado, Washington, Oregon, are they overall good states with a simple case of leftist overrun major cities? Moving on, Arizona and New Mexico seems a bit too deserty for me as I don't think I would want to live in the desert. Are they good overall states? I won't even begin on what was once the true golden state in nuclear family utopia, California. Everybody with half a brain could tell you that this state has been essentially ruined. Although I must say during my visit to Los Angeles, I really did enjoy it from the perspective of a tourist. I have a friend. God almighty. Could you imagine driving a, a semi truck in Los Angeles traffic? Oh man. Oh God. Put a bullet in my head. I have a friend who lives in Beverly Hills and for business tax purposes, he's seriously considering moving to Nevada. Wyoming, I recall you saying it was a shithole and the people are morons. That leaves us with Nevada, Idaho. I have good things about Boise and Montana. I have almost no opinion on Montana, good or bad. Seems a bit too outback for me, but I could be wrong. 
for analysis purposes, let's assume I have U.S. citizenship and that I can do business anywhere, so don't factor those in. If you have made a video going over this before, kindly point me in that direction. If not, a video response would be great. Furthermore, Aaron, I want to say thank you for the work you do. The younger generations who find your work are lucky. It's such a shame that us free-minded, high-IQ individuals are a minority, while whilst the NPCs make up the masses. Looking forward to hearing from you. All right. <clears throat> um, I have a book out there called Reconnaissance Map. I would recommend reading that. That's my answer. Fuck you and good night. No. Um, no, we got to take this guy's a returning guy. We got to. He's returning. No, no. I was just joking. No, I'm kidding. Here's here's the best. You got to do it by taxes and then by weather. Um, I know you don't like the desert, but what I would strongly recommend you do this winter. A lot of Canadians do this. Is you fly down south. And I would go down to Vegas because flights are cheap or Phoenix. A lot of Canadians, a lot of Canadian flights fly down there. Rent a car and just check out the desert. I can almost guarantee you what you're worried about with the desert is like there's no water out there. When in reality, it's actually quite the opposite. Um, <clears throat> unless the dams are busted, uh, the, the desert towns of Phoenix and Los Angeles or Los Angeles and um, Las Vegas would last the furthest and the longest because they have a huge reservoir of water. Um, so don't worry about water. Water is plentiful, but even though it will mess with you psychologically, you'll think, oh, there's no water. That happened to me in, in Wyoming where I'm like, there's no water. Where's the water? Well, there's water underground. There are streams. You don't need that much water. So it's actually more of a psychological mind fuck. Once you get past that, you realize, hey, it's warm here. Holy shit. And, and kind of an interesting reverse is people in the desert don't know how to fuck you guys or myself live in these snow tundra states or provinces. And when you think about it, the cold is way more of a threat than the desert. I mean, you can handle 120 degrees weather, you just have, but you can't handle minus 30 degree weather. You'll die if you don't have lodging of some sort. <clears throat> so if you can get past that, I think the best state to live in in the United States right now is Nevada, specifically in Las Vegas. You could go to Reno if you want, um, but I think Las Vegas offers the most. Reno is another place to go. Not as nice as Vegas. Kind of a shithole, but it's right up against the mountains, so they don't have a water problem, and it's not as hot either. Uh, Nevada, if you're not going to live there, I would say take a look at South Dakota, but only the Rapid City area. Uh, no state income taxes as well. It will, however, get cold, but I'm going to assume that for you it would be a balmy 20 degrees uh, if you're from Canada. Uh, British Columbia, if you want to stay in British Columbia, the only place I kind of recommend in British Columbia would be maybe Kamloops uh, because the other towns are too picturesque and too expensive to live in. Maybe Calgary, Alberta, but again, that gets bitch-ass cold. Uh, but otherwise, getting into the United States still, Nevada's the best state. Uh, South Dakota's all right. Washington State is good as long as you don't live in Seattle or Tacoma. Well, yeah, well, Washington, I would say that they had this caveat to Washington State. There's no, there's no uh, state income tax here. Yeah, no state uh, income tax. There. If you're on the eastern side of the Cascades, uh, you got four seasons. You know, mm -hmm. um, you're gonna have your snow and all that. You have your nice warm, uh, warm summers, uh, which would be nice. And uh, you could look into like, say, Spokane area. Uh, and you're right next to Boise too. You're a short drive from Boise. So from Coeur d'Alene, there. That's a real nice area too. Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, I think Coeur d'Alene's really expensive though, isn't it? Um, yeah, but that's on the lake. Um, yeah, I mean it's beautiful, beautiful. But I mean that's like where all the rich people go to retire. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so I was gonna say, so that's 
uh, tax-free. Um, and then I'm trying to think of the other tax-free states that are out west near some mountains. It just really isn't. There's Wyoming. But my God, talk about retarded people. I, I mean, there is th- that is the dumbest group of people I've ever ran into. And I know everyone thinks like, oh, you know, it's conservative. It's, it's a bunch of white people with their guns. I'm like, no, it's a bunch of white people fucking their cousins. All right. It, their <laughs> meth is huge. Alcoholism is huge. I'll say it again. The only time I had to pull my gun out was in Wyoming, and I had to do it twice. Um, you don't want to live in Casper. You don't want to live in Gillette. You got guys. I mean, you look at a woman funny. You looking at my woman? It's like, no, well, she's the bartender. I kind of have to look at her to order a drink. Just, just dumb, dumb, beautiful otherwise. So if you like want to be a hermit and live out of town, fine. But Wyoming, if it doesn't have any state income tax, it's don't even bother going there because the people are that dumb. Um, then the rest of the, the no income tax states, you're going to have to go down to Dallas or not Dallas, Texas. I don't know if you want to go that, that far south. Florida, which puts you way the hell off in the corner of the, that's like the timeout room. Like you cannot access the rest of the country easily from Florida, New Hampshire and Tennessee, which is a little bit more centrally located. Those have no state income taxes, but honestly, for a young man, such as yourself, I would try and park yourself near the, uh, the oil fields or, or, or in the West somewhere. Uh, I do like Denver and Colorado. You don't have to live in Denver. You can live in Fort Collins. You can live in Castle Rock. You can live in Aurora. What a lot of people do is they live in Cheyenne, which is right on the border between Colorado and Wyoming. So you don't have state income taxes. You're right on Highway 25. So if you get bored, you can just run off into Colorado. Plus, Cheyenne is, if Wyoming has a cosmopolitan town where people are not too busy fucking their sisters or their cousins, Cheyenne is it. Um, you might get sushi that isn't rotten. You might find a fat chick that's not a single mom. Um, that's in Cheyenne, but that's only because it's the capital. And then Denver's only an hour away. Uh, but I would say Salt Lake City maybe consider it, but you have to pay state income taxes in Utah. Still low taxes, but Salt Lake City is something to consider in, in Utah. If you want a smaller town, St. George, Utah, but again, you're paying state income taxes. Montana is kind of out there. There's not it's a little bit of Wyoming. Like you go to Billings and you're like, oh my God. I just there's panhandlers on the street and it's 20 below. And, and every town is super far away. There is no cosmopolitan center. Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of Montana. Plus, it really snows. It really snows and gets cold up there. So your sit your your highways are closing down. Idaho's kind of the same way. I wasn't impressed with Boise when I stopped there. You have to pay state income taxes, but <clears throat> maybe that's your cup of tea. And also there's a huge amount of Californians moving to Boise. That uh, middle-class white flight is one of their targets is Boise. Mm-hmm. And then um, liberal white flight. Don't think it's the good white flight. It's your liberal, I'm going to have organic tea and vote taxes up uh, type. Well, uh, I, I just want to say a thing about Arizona, though. I think Arizona is going to go blue because of uh, demographic trends. So if you're thinking long-term, I wouldn't uh, suggest it. Yeah, I, I would. I would. The only way I'd go to Arizona is because Phoenix is a really nice town. The state is beautiful and fun to hike. I would consider Flagstaff though, because Phoenix just gets super hot uh, during summer. So Flagstaff, you're there, and if it gets too cold, you literally drive ten miles to the south into the basin, and it heats up by twenty or thirty degrees, and you're in Sedona. Um, so even Flagstaff might get cold. You can just drive a very short distance, and and you're warm. 
but yeah, I would I would say if you want to kind of stay more Canuckistanian, uh, Washington State, not Seattle. Um, Vegas would be you know if you can tolerate the desert. A non-Denver town in Colorado, and then if you're really insistent on no state income taxes and you don't mind Texas or Tennessee, if you don't mind a little bit of taxes, Utah, do not go to Oregon. No reason to go to Oregon. Uh, maybe Idaho as well, uh, and, and South Dakota. But then South Dakota, you're in the middle of freaking nowhere. It takes forever to fly there uh, as well, so... That, that, those well, this, are the this, guy's a, this guy drives for a living, so it sounds like he needs to just uh, uh, fly to the States, uh, rent a vehicle, and, uh, you know, uh, drive around. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want, you can get the book reconnaissance, man, but I, I don't think it's necessary. I'm a little bit more methodical in the book, but I've basically covered the states that I and, and things I would, I would cover. It's really written for kids who don't have any money, have no job, and they got to figure out where to go to college and where they want to live in life. Uh, so you could get that and read the last half of the book. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this winter, dude, escape the cold, fly down to Phoenix, fly down to Vegas, drive around, check it out. Um, you know, stop in, in smaller towns like St. George or Mesquite or whatever, or Flagstaff, look at the Grand Canyon say, hi, Grand Canyon. And then, you know, then fly back to Canada. You'll, you'll have an idea whether you like the desert or not, at least in, in, by this winter. Uh, and then come summertime. Yeah. Then check out the Northern States, but God almighty, you don't want to go to Montana now. All right. Um, here we go, John. This is a, a property management question. This is up your alley. All right. All right well, hang on. Let's do. Let's check, take the super chat. Uh, oh, Chris writes. Any new guns, Aaron? No, not really. Um, I got. Uh, I think that yeah, the newest gun I got is a Tavor ninety five X ninety five. It's a bullpup design. And um, I only have put like maybe a hundred rounds in it, but I, I'm not a big gun guy. I know I, I have guns, but you only need a certain amount of guns. Uh, I have a buddy who has over 600 guns. I'm like, you know, you can only shoot one of those at a time. And uh, are these like antiques or something? 600. Jesus. Yeah. Some are antiques, but most of them are like, Oh, I like it. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't shot it. And, and the, the amount of different types of ammo he has, all I need is two, two, three, nine millimeter and 40. Oh, I'm sorry, 30 odd six. It's the only ammo I need. Um, and each gun has a very specific role. I have a hunting rifle to hunt. <clears throat> I have uh, carbines for self-defense and, and, and protection. I have a small 9mm single-stack pistol for when I'm working security. I have to wear a suit so it doesn't show. I got a regular 9 uh, when I'm R, uh, in uniform. And then I got a 40 in case I go hiking. And I got to drop a lion or a bear or something because the nine millimeter is just going to piss it off. Um, so now, it, now yeah. if you got a hollow point, you got a hollow point nine millimeter. It'll, it'll put down anything other than a bear. Well, yeah. And that's, that's what the problem is when I go hiking, you know, I visited TJ Martin. I was like, Oh, there might be bears out there. I'm like, shit. I'm like, I, I can't, didn't bring a gun. I'm like, you got a gun. No. I'm like, God damn it. TJ. I got a chainsaw. It's like, yeah, I'll just bring that and play some Duke Nukem or something. Oh, I'd also recommend people. I, 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 for uh, home defense, I, I like a shotgun. It's just shotgun the, sound the sound of the gauge going, just kind of, mm-hmm. well, that's enough to scare him. Yeah. Chris, also for another $2, he buys an insult. He says, makes sense now that you're Jewish. <laughs> 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 how many guns, really? How many guns do I need? I, I don't need that many guns. I, 
We have matching sets. Like, here's the thing. If the shit hits the fan, me and the GF have matching sets, and we can play Army of Two. You know, like we just go out in style. You know, we're we're going to be the last the last house to fall in the WBL. Um, <clears throat> but I can, I can only shoot one gun at a time. That's it. I can I can only shoot. Yeah, one Aaron at a time. and the GF. They'll be like the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That the that when they remember that. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Oh yeah, one of my yeah. favorite movies where they run out at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You call that running? You call that <laughs> shooting? How many of them are there out there? <sighs> Fifty. Oh, good. I thought we were in trouble. <laughs> uh, great movie. Great movie. You should all be ashamed if you haven't seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That is. Uh, oh, the be- oh, the best scene. Best scene I thought was uh, when he wouldn't jump, and he goes, "Why? I can't swim." <laughs> well, the fall is gonna kill us. Gonna kill us. Uh... Hey, you know one thing great about Wyoming? Uh, out by, um, is it Casey? Yeah, Casey, town of Casey. Atham looked this up. Um, the hole in the wall gang is there. That's where they're from. And, uh, we went and looked at, uh, me and my buddy, dirty Harriet, we drove out there one time and I actually got to see where the hole in the wall gang hold up, got to see their, their headquarters. It was out there in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. So that was oh, kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Torres donates $5 had near 800 credit score for over two years, filed chapter ten years, seven, ten years. 10 years. Steps to recover back and is my entire past history nullified by the predicament I'm in. How did you file chapter? Oh, I bet you he had a really great credit because he had a bunch of lines open and then he couldn't pay it off. That, that sometimes happens. Um, here's the deal. Um, hang on, I got a cough. The only reason you need good credit. Okay, there's two reasons. One, when you get employed uh, to apply for a job, people are looking at credit scores. But unemployment is so low, and people's credit scores are such shit. Unless you're applying for like the FBI or something notable, you know, a Fortune 100 company, I don't think it's going to have that bad of an effect on you. The other reason you need a good credit is so you can get a good uh, credit, uh, not credit card, a good interest rate on a mortgage. Otherwise, there's no reason to have a good credit score. Like right now. I could have my credit score go to pot. It's not going to have an effect on me. The reason why is the only reason you need a credit score is to get debt. And I live a life of not getting debt. Um, so steps to recover back. Well, uh, which is seven or 11. At the, one is a renegotiation where you have a balance left over. The other is where everything's wiped clean. If you have any residual debts from your chapter seven filing, pay the fucking shit off. Get another job. And I would even say this. Postpone anything else you got. Like, work two full-time jobs. So don't bother working out. Eat healthy as you can. But you're not going to have any fun. You're not going to have any socializing. And, you know, life is going to suck for the next couple of years. Work another job. Make the money. <clears throat> pay off those those debts. Um, after that, what you want to do is you could play the, the algorithm game where you reverse the uh, engineer, the... Uh, the credit bureau's algorithms to give you a good, good credit score. Because if you don't have a credit card or you don't have a loan, you're not going to get good credit. Since I don't have any loans, I only have a little credit card. I actually don't have that good a credit uh, because I have no credit. What he needs to do is get a credit card for certain. And then I would open up some little $5,000 line of credit uh, or get like a little, uh, like a car loan, even if it's for a small amount, some kind of small amount from the bank, like a three to $5,000 loan. And then what I would do is, even though you don't need it, 
immediately pay it off. You know, draw some money off of it, buy a car if you need that, and immediately pay it off. Uh, that will help boost your credit score. But your credit score is not that vital unless you're having some kind of major purchase that requires you to borrow money anytime soon. And the finance industry and the credit cards are so desperate. Fuck, I remember when all these people were filing for bankruptcy uh, during the Great Recession. Two years later, they're qualified for a mortgage. Uh, like the, they, the banks don't care. They just don't care. Like bankruptcy had shame 30, 40 years ago. Now everybody filed for bankruptcy in the dot, uh, not dot com, in the housing bubble. Millennials aren't paying their fucking student loans. Uh, knowing there's no, there's no, uh, you're not tainted. There's no taint anymore. Uh, no shame associated with it. And you'll still be able to get credit. They'll still lend to you at pretty reasonable rates. So you have more time to build up your credit score for the only possible thing I could think of. And that is to get a mortgage at some point in time when you want to buy a house. So if you're not buying a house anytime soon, you got all the time in the world. And if you pay off your credit card regularly, maybe have a, a car loan, even though you don't need, I'm very much against car loans, but the only reason I'd recommend this one is to, is to build up your credit in the first place. But then after that, yeah, get your mortgage and then you need, and then pay off your mortgage and never worry about your credit score again. Yeah. And there's, there's other little things that add to your credit score. I know like weird things that added to mine was like having the same residence for a long period of time, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so there's all these, you know, you'll have to go on the, the forums and kind of look into that. Uh, what are the other little things you can do to, but like Garen said, what, what do you really care? Um, you know, what difference does it make? Yeah. It's, it's almost like what, what color booty should I get my child? Like, well, what are you, are you expecting a boy or a girl? Oh no, we're not having a kid. Well, what does your wife want? Oh, I'm not even married. Well, what is your girlfriend? Oh, I'm, I'm gay. It's like, why are you asking about booties and shoes all of a sudden? Yeah. The little, little premature. Um, so yeah, get, you know, and watch any video out there. They'll say, Hey, here's how you can boost your credit score. There's a ton of videos out there. Um, but I'm trying to put it in the context that like, it's not that vital. You get your credit score up unless you want to go borrow money for a mortgage. And when that time comes, you're not going to have, you're not going to have to worry about it. Um, <clears throat> all right, here we go. Hey, Aaron, I have another one for you. Do I stop funding my IRA to save up for a down payment on a multifamily rental property? Here's some info. I'm 35. Wife is 34. We have about 175,000 currently in our IRAs. I guess it'll be worth 1.5, uh, 1.25 million to 1.4 million based on a six to 7% return without adding to it. I make about 50 to 60 K. My wife does not work, takes care of our children. Imagine that. I contribute about 10000 a year for our retirement accounts. This is our only meaningful investment in annual savings. I figure for five years, I put that money into a regular index fund, and that fifty k would come out of it to about seventy k again on that same 67%. I'm a self-employed carpenter, highly skilled in the trades from framing to finish work. I know electrical and plumbing well enough. I manage my uncle's rental property currently, about 30 units. I list, screen, lease, and work on his unit for a 25% cut of all rent increase, currently about $1,000 a month. I know I could do the work on a piece of property, and I know I could be a landlord. Just need the down payment to start. What do you think and how much? And I really only had one question for him. I said, well, do you have a property in mind, or are you just asking in a general philosophical sense? He says, I do not have a property in mind. The plan would be to stick in the general area my uncle's property is, since I'm familiar with the market. A three-unit next to the one of his sold for 169000 a year ago. A guy fixed it up and sold it to another guy wants to play landlord for 330000 I think it's overvalued. I would buy something that needs work like the first guy, and I would not rush in to just buy something. 
Uh, John, you're the pro on this one. I have my thoughts, but I'll let you field this one. Yeah, well, first first thing I'd like to know is what state he lives in and what the rules are there regarding evictions. There are several states, including California, where it is almost impossible to get someone evicted for lack of paying, paying their rent. Mm-hmm. It takes forever. So if you're borrowing the money to do this or, you know, that, that could be you're borrowing some of the money, that's an issue. Um, different states have different... Um, Uh, rules regarding that. That's number one. Two, since you're going to be the guy that's doing the work, you want to invest in a property that is a reasonable drive from you. Normally, I I would recommend against people doing this uh, unless they're – because being a landlord can be a real pain in the ass Mm -hmm. uh, because you're constantly having to deal with your tenants and their complaints. Um, Also, if you do do it, make sure you properly screen the uh, applicants. This is another place where a credit score is looked at. Um, So – those are just the things that immediately come to mind. Aaron, you want to talk and more will come to me. Uh, basically, I would recommend no to any other person except for the fact that this guy's a skilled carpenter and he has property management experience. Um, and now it, it goes to it depends. And the one thing it depends on is the property. And that's every property ever. It's like, yeah, it could be a great deal if you get it at a good price and there's not a lot of major problems. You could turn it around and fix it up. Uh, it could be a horrible deal where you overpay and you miss something on the foundation or something else like that. So, I mean, I'm not against it on philosophy or principle. He's the guy who's qualified. I mean, if there's anyone that can do it, it would be this guy. It's just that I would do a lot of research and hunt around and find the property that's going to work for you because you want this property working for you, not you working for the property. Um, From a finance perspective, I'm not against him diversifying out of an IRA and getting a little property there. Uh, but the other thing is, are you going to flip it or do you want to manage it? I, I would want a exit strategy so that when you and wifey poo, when wifey is done raising the kids, the kids go off to college, you know, you got 10 years or 15 years into this property. There's been significant capital gains. You got it fixed and on the up and up it's ship shape. Uh, it's basically paid for itself and then you sell it and there's a, a big, uh, dollop that goes back into your uh, retirement accounts. Um, and he do have – he's got adequate savings now, especially for mid-30s. That's an admirable amount yeah, for two people. <clears throat> yeah, so you you have my blessing as long as it's the right property. And, and I also, don't do, think- do your research for, regarding uh, the insurance you'll need. You're going to have to factor in costs like that. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you form the, an, LL, an LLC. Don't buy it under your own name. Right. Uh, these are basic steps. I'm, I'm not sure how knowledgeable he is about the – you know, doing that. So these are things you're going to have to look into and actually speak with an accountant. Yes. Oh, do we know an accountant by chance? <laughs> I think uh, C, first name is C, second name with an L. Uh, oh, I think this guy, oh, yeah. The, he promotes himself as the homosexual CPA, Chad Elkins. <laughs> the world's famous homosexual CPA, Chad. Uh Hey, it's Chad. <laughs> but seriously, to, to the to the uh, gentleman that asked the question, you must speak to an attorney. Uh, not, 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 excuse me, a, a CPA um, attorney. Avoid attorneys at all costs. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll never have to speak to an attorney. I'm, I'm going to guess with a three unit costing one sixty nine, he's not in like L.A. or New York. Um, yeah, these prices. But yeah, you're going to want to look at your your. Well, and he's already familiar with it because he manages his uncle's property. But I'd look at the landlord-tenant laws and see how favorable they are. I'm going to assume he knows the market. But yeah, this guy's imminently qualified to do such a move. 
I would just make sure he does his research and some really good thorough projections. I'm, I'm going to assume he's familiar with the schedule. E. If he's not, contact our homosexual friend Chad Elkins at elkinscpa.com. And um, he does great work. You know how gays are very meticulous? <laughs> very and he's meticulous. a snappy dresser. Snappy dresser. And he's a very snappy dresser. <laughs> I'm going to catch flack for that one. So, All right, there we go. All right, well, that's enough. I think we got we got plenty here. I got some others that came in, but they're not – they're not um, like, okay, here's, here's just, guys, surfing Pikachu, if you're listening. When you go to assholeconsulting.com and you fill in the contact form, you really have to fuck it up to enter in your email the wrong way twice the same way. You're really, because it asks you for your email. And then it asks you to type in your email again so it matches. And this happens at least once a month where not only did you type in your the wrong email and then the email when I send it back to you gets kicked back to me. You, In order for me to get that email, you had to enter your email incorrectly the exact same way twice. So for God's sake, people, enter your email the correct way twice. Not the wrong way, the same way twice. The correct way twice because now – Surfing Pikachu, if he's listening, I got. He says, "Oh, this couldn't be delivered because this email doesn't exist." So I will not be able to consult him. Uh, John, where can people find you? Uh, uh, John underscore Steel ninety nine uh, Twitter and John Steel Show on YouTube. All right, uh, Chad Elkins writes, "I'm not gay, you assholes." For two dollars, see, see, we got two dollars. <laughs> oh, we got one more super chat uh, from Naruda Kikun. Uh, having been penniless until this year, I'm 45 years old. I recently inherited 350,000. What should I do with it other than sending five to you? Uh, if you're penniless, I'm going to assume you, and you're 45, I'm going to assume you have had no skills whatsoever. Engineers aren't penniless. CPAs like Chad Elkins, the gay CPA is not penniless. Uh, you got to get some kind of skill to it. So go to school, uh, study hard. That's the investment I would make. And then, um, I don't know what the rest of it. Uh, well, I would, divvy, I would divvy, divvy it up. Assuming he doesn't, if he doesn't need this money to live, um, mm. let's take the three hundred grand and say, are you divided three ways? I mean, you could put like a hundred grand in an index fund, uh, another hundred grand you put in CDs, and um, well, see, I can't. I'm not going to recommend that because I can't recommend specifically what people invest in. Ah, okay. Unless I know it's going to pay off. So, for example, I could say he should invest it into a well diversified portfolio, but he's going to have to contact. An investment professional to do that. Yeah, I, no, I'm um, saying what I would do. What I would do. Oh, what you would do. Okay. What I would do is I take a hundred grand of it. I put it in, in a, like I put it in like a, a S and P 500 or the Dow index fund. Um, mm-hmm. I'd take um, another hundred grand and I'd put them in you know uh, CDs that are insured. You could ladder them out. You know, so like you'd have like a six month, one year, eighteen month, two years. I mm-hmm. wouldn't go further than that because I think interest rates are on their way up. And uh, the last hundred grand, I would divvy up a few ways. I don't know. Maybe uh, I'd take ten. I'd, I'd take ten grand, and I'd buy. I'd, I'd buy uh, physical silver with it. Uh, only thing I would do, I can recommend two things that he can do. One, if he doesn't have real skills, which he says he has a master's in degree liter- English literature, well, there you go. If you have any debts from that, pay those off. If you have yeah. any credit card debts, pay those off. Pay off your highest interest rate uh, credit card or debts or loans. Pay those off. Uh, and then since you have no skills, go get some, uh, with the rest of the money, which should still be a sizable amount, 
Um, that's where you got to go talk to an investment planner, financial advisor, and find a well-diversified portfolio. You might want to think about housing if you're living in the area that you like, but without any skills, I'm assuming you're going to have to be at the mercy of the labor market, and I would not anchor yourself to a physical location with a house if you're just going to get your engineering degree in two to three years from now. So to capitalize on that degree, I'd be very mobile as well. But that's, that's uh, and amazing. also don't tell anyone you inherited this money if it's not too late. God Almighty, don't tell anyone. No, do not tell anyone you don't have it. And then, and then, God Almighty, don't piss it away on booze and drugs and whores or fun. Just, I mean, you could, you could squirrel it away, and with average stock market returns historically, blah blah blah, that would exponentially grow. But let's let's get some skills in there first, and clean up your your balance sheet first, and then then you can figure out what to do, what remains. Um, and I think, oh, one more. Ah, see, they do this to us, John. They like donate money at the last. Oh, he's leaving. Give him money now. Uh, <clears throat> Jane Van Der Fluff says bail out humanity student loans, but use teachers and professor pensions to do so. Transfer the remaining debt to humanities professors. Bail out the humanity. Yeah, but I don't think most teachers and professors teachers have pensions. Most professors do not. Uh, schools have been hit, getting hip to the jive colleges. I mean, where they're like, why would we pay a full time professor salary and pension when we got thousands of unemployed master's degree kids that can teach the humanities as an adjunct for $18 an hour. I don't think there's a lot of pension. Now what I would do bail the humanities student uh, loans out with the endowments that schools and universities have, you know, like the Harvard Fund and the Yale Fund. You know, like uh, people will donate money to the, they got this endowment, you know, John. Oh, yeah. Harvard University has the largest endowment fund. Uh, like it's, it's an obscene amount of money. It's in the billions. Well, hang on. Let's see, you know, how much, I mean, there's a trillion and change of student loans. Harvard Endowment Fund. Thirty-one, thirty-seven billion. <clears throat> That's not enough. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to take all the endowments of universities, and that would make maybe a significant dent. Um, and I would be for confiscating teacher pensions at the K through um, high school level. I think that would definitely uh, be worth it. And then um, if there is anything left over, yeah, you could you could pay it to the teachers or the professors, but. Um, I'm not holding out for that. That's something President Clary would do. President Clary would just say. But then I wouldn't be president. I would be dictator Clary. because yeah, Emperor. Emperor. <laughs> like, hey, guess what? Congress has a vacation for the next 20 years. No, go play. <laughs> Get to the Hamptons. I'll be visiting with lots of gunships. So. All right, that's it. John, thank no, you one very more. much. Two, two oh, tips. Uh, send us $5. You guys are the best. All right, that's a, that's a great $5 right there. Thank you so much, buddy. Duke, t- I, I like those when I don't have to answer anything. That's uh, that's great. You guys are the best. Well, thank you very much. No, I appreciate the the super chats. These are great. What the money goes to? What the Chad Elkins uh, homosexual fund, where we raise awareness for gay accountants? Is that where we? That's where it goes. That's where it goes. Okay, good. <clears throat> All right, I got to get going. I'm losing my voice, and I got to go have some fun. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. John, thank you for coming on Asshole Consulting, uh, celebrity guest live hour, whatever I'm going to call it. Uh, down the road, I will be doing some individual asshole consulting uh, requests, but I will be having special guest celebrities 
maybe even more popular than you and me, John. We might even have some more popular celebrities than you and me doing asshole consulting. Um, I'll be I'll be tuning in. Cool. All right. We'll see you guys later. Toodles. Later.